Welcome back to the Board Game Battles podcast. I'm your host, Randall, and with me are my co-hosts, Ashley. Hello. And Drew. Hello. Today, we're going to be talking about two deck-building adventure games. Games that um, have the strongly prominent on deck-building in their uh, implementation, um, and then, but also have a fantasy theme to them, and usually have some kind of adventure component where you're going out as an adventurer and, and doing some stuff. So, we're going to be talking about Clank, a deck-building adventure, versus Thunderstone Quest. Uh, following our matchup, we will also do a little bit of discussion about Kickstarter and some games that we have recently backed or are currently looking at backing, that kind of thing. So we'll do a little bit of a Kickstarter discussion afterwards. But anyways, getting right into it. The first one we're going to talk about is Clank, a deck-building adventure, released in 2016, the designer is Paul Denham. He's done really nothing but Clank. Uh, he has one other game that came out in 2019 or is coming out. I don't know if it's out yet. Called Eternal Chronicles of the Throne. I'm not familiar with that one at all. But other than that, he's worked on Clank. Uh, Clank in Space, which is a space version of Clank. And then some a lot of promos and stuff for Clank. And then he also worked on Clank Legacy, which is the other the most recent version of Clank which um, uses uh, the Acquisitions Incorporated IP that uh, Penny Arcade um, originated and for, I think, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. They did a whole uh, adventure, I believe. Like, Was it a podcast or was it a video thing? I don't remember. They did both. They did yeah. both? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, it's, all, it's all based around their, their IP of Acquisitions Incorporated, but it's a legacy version of Clank. So there's, I don't know how many versions, um, playthroughs you get of it. But um, it uses all of their art as well. So the Penny Arcade art that they originated for acquisitions. So that's all he's really done. That's his big thing is, is Clank right now. Um, who knows what he'll do in the future, but he's been pretty successful with this. Uh, artists for Clank are Ralph Beisner, uh, Raul Ramos, and Nate Storm. Publishers, there's a lot of different ones depending on the area. The main one for the, the game, though, is Renegade Game Studios. Uh, categories, Adventure Fantasy, Mechanisms, Card Drafting, Deck, Bag, and Pool Building, Drafting, uh, Pick Up and Deliver, Player Elimination, yeah, Player Elimination, Point to Point movement, uh, movement, and Push Your Luck. Uh, it has a BGG rating of 7.8 out of 22,000 ratings. So a pretty good number. Mm -hmm. A lot of people... It, it's a it's a pretty accessible game. So a lot of people have yeah. played it and have rated it. And has a weight of 2.2 out of 5. Which sounds about right. It's not a it's not a heavy game at all. No. And it's um, yeah, definitely on the lower end of the middle. Because you know, it has some mechanisms that people have to learn. But it's pretty pretty easy to get... It's pretty easy to jump right into this one. So it doesn't take long to uh, figure out. Uh, the second game, um, a really decent rule book. Um, it's about, let's see, does it have a number of pages listed here? doesn't say page numbers, but it's about eight pages. Yeah, about eight pages or so. Um, full color. Really good. Uh, it's a really good, pretty good reference. It has like all your components on the front. It has a detailed uh, setup on the next couple pages, taking you through how to set the game up. It's setup's fairly simple in the game, but there are a lot of little cards and tokens you have to prepare and, and set out. So it maybe takes about 15 minutes to get it all set up, but not an overly long time. 
then it, then it goes into the playthrough of the game. Again, it's not a lot of text per page and a lot of illustrations, so it goes by fairly quick. So it's not you're not searching around a lot. Uh, sometimes you might come up with questions though, and it could take a little bit to find them in the book because um, it doesn't go into a lot of extra detail for some things. When you get to some of the what they call step two, the plan, where you're actually playing through, there's a lot of text. Um, but sometimes if you have a, a really specific question, it can be a bit difficult to figure it out. But that's not a, like a common thing, though. For the most no, part, yeah. yeah, I can't remember us having like a lot of questions that needed answering. It. Yeah, I think the I think one of the big things was when you fill like refill the market row kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that, that took that a bit been, of searching to. Look that took at, a little but, bit of searching to figure out. It was there, but it was yeah. hard to find. It, do we refill them right away, or do we fill them at the end of the churn? And it and they do tell you it's at the end of the churn, but just trying to find that little difficult. I also and, feel like like when, once you've played this game a bit. Yeah, you, you're. I don't think you're ever going to look back at this thing. No, <laughs> no. Well, no. and I think because we have a lot of experience with games, we sometimes kind of skim through stuff pretty quick. It's easy for That's us true. to yeah. miss something. Yeah. If you were reading through the book from start to finish to learn to play the game yeah. properly, you probably wouldn't have missed that. You probably wouldn't have missed it, right, but yeah. you know, and quite often, a lot of these games are ones that say I've been taught, and then I'm going through the book after the fact, and I'm not, and I'm the kind of person when I'm reading a rule book, I can't read it from cover to to cover i have to i have to jump around like i it just i can't sequentially take in information it's just not how my brain works so i figure out the setup then i'm looking at the board i'm figuring things out and then i'm flipping through the book trying to figure out how things work and um so this it's, so I, I tend to miss stuff that way um but that's where videos are great mm-hmm. you, know, you go online everyone has a video for for something so you can find a video on how to play any of these games, and those are really great utilities. So, yeah. but again, the rule book is pretty good. Like it's a, a decent rule book. It's well laid out. Um, again, no index. The back does have a, a reference guide for all the different tokens, which is nice. So it, it tells you exactly what the tokens are. Not that the tokens are overly complex. There's only a couple that you might need to look up, whereas the rest of them are all. The symbology is just really simple. It's like a greater potion of healing heals two damage. A lesser potion or a regular potion of healing heals one. That's it. You know, it's and they even have a number of hearts on each one, so you can tell which one's which. And it's like, well, there's different sizes too, but they're simple. They're really simple. The only ones that you might have to look up are ones that have card illustrations on them, so you're trying to figure out what does this mean. But the, other than that, the symbology in this game is really simple. Uh, components um, you get a big board for your uh, double sided board, and the difference in the sides. It has to do with the market that's in the um, in the dungeon. So what you are, you're, you're all adventurers. You're going into a castle and then the dungeon, which is beneath the castle, to try to find loot, uh, um, treasure. There's um, artifacts that you can find. They're worth varying amounts, all the way from like five gold all up to thirty. And um, the whole point of the game is to get as much loot and get out of the dungeon if possible um, before the game ends. The game is the game end is triggered. Um, when either somebody exits the castle with um, an artifact, regardless of the value of the artifact, or somebody gets knocked out, um, usually by a monster or something, or by the dragon. There's a, a dragon component um, doing damage to you. So the board is double-sided, the difference being there's a market that 
is either self like self-contained in one area on the one side or spread out on the second side. Um, other things, other components, there's a bunch of cardboard tokens. Um, there's uh, these secrets, they're called. There's minor and major secrets. They're, they're round disks that have question marks on them. And certain rooms will have a number of these in them. The large ones, there's only ever one to a room. The small ones, there's usually there's two to a room. And so when you enter a room that has one of these secrets, you get to pick one up and you get that reward right away. You have to reveal the, the secret and show everyone what it is, but they're cardboard disks that are decent. They're, they're average quality cardboard, so there's nothing special about them, but they're, they're fine. Um, there's seven artifacts of varying values, like I said, from 7 to 30 gold or, or points or whatever you want to call it. Um, there's uh, cardboard tokens for things you can buy in the store within the dungeon. Um, all the cardboard tokens, are, though, are about the same quality. Like they're just the same thickness, they're decent quality, and they're good at illustrations. Uh, there's some monkey idols, mastery tokens, and gold. That's all the cardboard. Uh, then there's a bunch of wood components for everybody. Um, there's four different player colors. Each player color comes with a pawn, which you use on the board for moving around, and plank cubes. These are um, a collection of 30 cubes that you keep in front of you, and as you um, go through the adventure, um, anytime you generate noise, which is called plank in this game, you use these cubes. Uh, there's a dragon marker for there's a dragon track along the edge of the board for keeping track of how mad the dragon is. Um, and then there's 24 dragon cubes, which go into a little bag, um, the dragon bag it's called. And then there's a bunch of cards, playing cards. Uh, the cards are a standard quality. You know, they're not overdone, but they're still a decent quality card. Um, everybody has a deck of 10 cards. There's um, what's called the reserve, where you can purchase some cards that are always available, available to everybody. And then there's the dungeon deck, where you have a row of six cards at the top of the board. And people always have the cho choice of encountering, like either purchasing or um, fighting one of the cards in that row if it's a monster or something. So those are the those are the components, and they're decent decent components. Gameplay, uh, like I said, the game is is pretty is pretty simple. Everyone has a adventurer token and a deck of cards. They start out with um, each round. You'll draw well. You'll draw five cards, and play each play all the cards out in front of you. And then once you're done playing the cards, you'll discard them and draw five new cards for the next round when it comes around. Uh, the type of cards you start out with, there are, in your deck to start, are six Burgle cards, two Stumble cards, a Sidestep card, and a Scramble card. Um, the Stumbles are ones that all they do is they generate what's called Clank, which is noise. Every time you generate a Clank, you take one of your colored cubes and put it on a special spot on the board. And everyone does this every time, and at the start of the game, everyone's going to start with a little bit of Clank in the middle. I think except for the fourth player. The first player generates the most clank to start, and every other player generates a little less. And I think the la if you're playing with four players, the fourth player may not generate any clank at the beginning of the game. Um, but it's just a sort of a little pool of noise that starts out the game. Um, but that's what the stumble does. It generates noise, so you put a little cube on the board. Burgles allow you to purchase cards, so they have a little... Uh, blue diamond on them showing a value of one. So during your turn, anything that has that little blue diamond that you play adds together and that gives you a pool of points for purchasing. Uh, 
Um, what you can purchase, there's, like I said, the reserve. The reserve has three different types of cards that you can purchase at any time uh, during your turn, and they're always available. There's the mercenary, which has a one purchase power if it ever comes up in your deck, and two swords, which you use for fighting monsters. There's the explorer, which has uh, two purchase power, but it also has a foot icon for movement. And then there's the secret tome, which does nothing in your deck, but at the end of the game gives you seven points for every secret tome you have in your deck. And the last thing that's in the reserve is a goblin. So at any point, if you have swords and you have at least two swords available to you and you're not using them for anything, you can fight the goblin. He'll give you one gold. At the end of the game, gold is worth a point per gold. And then you also get points for anything that has a, a green um, circle with a number in it. Those are all points for the end of the game. So you add all that together. Uh, other things you can purchase, the dungeon row. So there's a, a row of six cards across the top called the dungeon row. Um, usually it's going to be things you can purchase that have like a value. Um, and they range from different types of cards. Again, that'll give you more purchase points for later. They'll give you swords or movement. But then they also have special abilities sometimes, like move silently. allows you to take two clank away from the pool of clank that's on the board if it hasn't already been put back into the bag. Some cards are monsters you can fight, depending on the number of swords. If you have the number of swords it needs, you defeat it, and it'll give you some kind of benefit for defeating it. And then there's also some one-time-use cards you can encounter on the dungeon. Um, they're purple-bordered cards, and you pay for them, and then you use their ability right away, and then they go away. They're like a one-time-use thing. Uh, one example is called, I think, the ladder. Uh, you buy the ladder, it's one-time-use, and you get two movement points, um, two movement icons for using uh, to move in the dungeon right away uh, how movement in the dungeon works every time you have a card it gives you movement and um, a couple of your initial cards called or one of your initial cards called uh, sidestep and i believe the scramble both give you movement uh, allow you to um, every for every foot icon you have on one of your cards you get to move a space in the dungeon uh, the dungeon has a lot of like all the little rooms in the dungeon are connected by little paths um, most paths are clear, some are one way, indicating that there'll be like an arrow showing that you can only go in one direction, so you can't go against the arrow. Uh, some paths have icons on them, meaning that you have to be able to um, deal with what the icon is. If it's a foot icon, it means that you need one extra movement to move through that path. If there's multiple foot icons, you'll need extra movement to deal with each foot icon as you're going. Um, if there's a monster icon, it means you'll take damage going through that path. But if you have a sword, for each sword you have, you can ignore one monster icon. Um, and sometimes there'll be a lock. A lock means you cannot move through it unless you have a key. There are a couple master keys that can be purchased from the store in the dungeon. Uh, in the store in the dungeon, there's master keys, there's backpacks, and there's crowns. Um, there's two of each, except for the crowns. There's three crowns. Each crown decreases in value as the, first, as the previous one's been purchased. Everything in the store is worth seven gold, so you have to accumulate seven gold before you can purchase it, which is different from the what you're using to buy cards. Cards are use skill points or whatever they're called, ability points. That's that blue number. That's what's used for buying cards, but gold is a whole separate thing, and that's what's needed to buy anything in the store. Uh, there's two master keys. Everything in the store, like the master keys and the backpacks, are worth five points at the end of the game. So an essential, because it's seven gold to buy it, you're essentially paying two points 
to be able to get one of these things. But the master keys allow you to go through any lock you've come across. Uh, there's backpacks. Uh, backpacks allow you to carry additional artifacts. So one of the main things in the game is there's these artifacts scattered around the dungeon. Uh, as soon as you pick up an artifact, and you never have to pick up one, but as soon as you do pick up one, you're stuck with it. You can't get rid of it. And it you know it helps towards triggering the, the game end of the game. Um, for every artifact that gets picked up, the dragon marker that's at the on the edge of the board will move up a space. As the dragon marker moves up spaces, um, more cubes can eventually get pulled from this this bag um, to do damage to players. Uh, how the bags work, or how the cubes work, uh, whenever there's a, a dragon attack um, symbol on a card in the dungeon row, so it's like a little picture of a dragon, uh, you take all the tank cubes that have been generated in the round or up until that point, put them in the bag. And then you shake the bag up and pull a number of cubes equal to where the dragon is on his little track. It starts out, I think, at three cubes, and then eventually you can get as high as five cubes that you'll be pulling from this bag. Two. two is it two five. at the beginning? Two to five. It could be. It might be two. I'd, we'd have to look at the board. Well, it also <clears> depends <throat> on how many players you started with. That's, no, that's yeah, true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be a little bit higher for a lower player game. For four players, you might be right. It might be two. It's hard to tell from the picture at this. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty small picture. It's a small picture. Book. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're drawing less cubes at the beginning of the game. And as the game goes on, you'll, you'll draw more cubes. Um, when you draw cubes out of the bag, if it's a black cube, nothing really happens, and it just gets put off to the side. If it's a cube of somebody's color, it goes onto a little hit point track that each player has on the main board. Um, each player can take about, I think it's 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, nine. Yeah, 10. Each person can take about 10 hits before they're knocked out. Um, so that's like 10 of your cubes have to come out of that bag. For you to get knocked out you can heal yourself as you go with potions and stuff but that's the big and some cards will heal you as well as soon as somebody gets their 10th uh cube put out of that bag they're knocked out um and it helps trigger the end of the game so either like i said the first person to escape the castle or the first person to get knocked out will trigger the ending of the game meaning there's about four rounds or five rounds left before the game's going to end um whoever made it out or is the first to get knocked out um, takes their player marker and sticks it on the top of the castle. And there's four, five different spaces on the top of the castle. And when their turn comes around again, uh, they'll advance on that little track. And then they'll do a dragon attack um, round with the bag and pull more cubes out, which with additional cubes each time you go up on that track until you get to the very last spot, which means the game's over and everybody titles up their points as long as they made it above ground. So, um, and didn't get knocked out and didn't get knocked out. Well, no, if you get knocked out, you can still count your points as long as you made it above ground. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it just happened to be that both you and Marcus got knocked out above ground, um, at the same time. Yes. Because of the, of the bag. Um, cause yeah, the dungeon sort of, like I said, has a castle and a, a dungeon. The dungeon part is sort of below ground level. And then the castle part is above ground level. Um, if the end game's coming, you want to get a, at least above ground level. Uh, that way, um, even if you don't make it out of the castle, you're still going to score any points you might have and still have a chance of winning. Um, if you happen to make it out of the castle, you get a um, what's called a mastery token, which is worth an additional 20 points. So getting out of the castle is you know is worth it. 
if you think, um, especially if you think it's going to be close, if you think maybe your um, artifacts aren't quite as good as, say, someone else's artifact, and you, you know may not have enough points to beat them, getting that extra 20 could really push you over the top. Um, but then, as I was mentioning, in the store there's backpacks. It'll allow you to carry a second artifact. So if you've picked up an artifact, which you can't ever get rid of, with a backpack, you could pick up a second. So try to get even more points. Uh, and then there's the three crowns in the store. They're worth 10, 9, and 8 points, um, depending on who buys one for each one first. Um, and that, that's essentially the game. In the game, um, there's smaller rooms and larger rooms. There's no real difference when it comes to the rooms, except for these what's called crystal caverns. If you're moving and you hit a crystal cavern, you have to stop. You lose all your movement points because it's sort of like a big void that sort of takes up all your the rest of your turn trying to find your way out the only way to move out of a crystal cavern on the same turn that you enter one is if you happen to have something that lets you to teleport and there are special cards that can do that but otherwise as soon as you enter one you're sort of stopped but yeah you're just going around this dungeon trying to get as much treasure as possible and either get out or get above ground before it ends and attempt to win so that's how you play clank okay moving on next game Thunderstone Quest came out in 2018. It's actually almost like the third version of Thunderstone because the original Thunderstone came out in 2009 and it was just essentially a deck building game more along the lines of something like Dominion where you just have a bunch of cards out and there's different cards you could buy. It did have still have the fantasy element to it and I believe you could... I, I never actually played the original and I do have like a, a version of it but I never got around to playing it. But it's one where... I think you could take on monsters. You can you can buy equipment. You have your 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 heroes. You buy equipment and you could fight monsters, I believe. But I don't think it was any kind of. There was no real co- cohesive theme. I don't, not theme, but a like um, quest or anything like that to it. It was just a standard deck building game where you're just trying to, you know, get a little bit of an engine going and try to build up as many points before it ended. Um, then the like the second version was Thunderstone Advance, which I from what I had heard had a lot of improvement over the original Thunderstone. And then Thunderstone Quest came out, which I think was it made it a lot more of an adventure kind of uh, game where, again, you're building a deck, you have heroes in your deck, and you're trying to um, finish some kind of quest, whether you're doing it for um, a quest line, like a, not quite legacy version, but a series of adventures that are tied together. Um, or if you're doing like a, what they call a um, just a random, where you can randomize the monsters, randomize all the different types of um, treasures and, and things you can buy. So there's different a few different ways of playing it, but they made it more of like an adventure, or like where they have a board and you have a, like a little miniature, which doesn't really mean anything, but you have a little miniature. But they made it more like an adventure. That's what the new Thunderstone Quest is like. Can you um, say that it doesn't mean anything? Well, it doesn't. <laughs> it adds so much. I like having miniatures. I'm oh, no, a miniature it, person. No, no, and it's it, it's a nice touch. Yeah, it definitely is. It's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really add gameplay. I understand that. No, yeah, your, your little miniature it doesn't affect your deck, really. Because, the, well, I'll get to that when we get into the gameplay. Um, going through it still, the designer, uh, the primary designer is Mike Elliott. But there's also a couple others, Brian Reese and Mark Wooten. Um, now Mike Elliott, his, he's been designing games since 1993. I did not 
put down all of his games on on our list here. I just gave it like a, a, a sprinkling of games to show that he's been designing since '93, but he's done some notable stuff. His big things are really the collectible kind of games. So he did Thunderstone, which was one of his big ones. He did a lot of expansions for Thunderstone. And then he did Thunderstone Advance and expansions for that. Now he's done Quest and expansions for that. But then after Thunderstone, he started hitting a stride with stuff like Quarriers mm-hmm. and um, the Dice Masters stuff. So all the Dice Masters, all the Quarriers, all that's yeah, that all huge. him. Yeah. So that was a really big thing for him. He did Lost Legends, which we talked about on here once before. We've all, we've talked about Couriers in the past. He did Star Trek Fleet Clap, uh, Fleet Captains, which is another I think notable game. Yeah, it was pretty big. When that it was first a fairly big out. when it first came out. And that was back in 2011. So he he's got a pretty big career in designing, but a, a large portion of it, and especially since you know Couriers came out, has been around the more collectible side of stuff. And then he also dabbles in the Thunderstone and, and that kind of thing. Uh, artists for Thunderstone Quest: uh, Jason Engel, Matt. Paquette and David Sue. Publishers, Alderac Entertainment Group and Pegasus, Pegasus Spiel. Categories, card game and fantasy. Mechanisms, deck, bag, and pool building. And that's it. That's all they say. They probably could have had a few other things in there, but eh, whatever. Probably. Uh, BGG rating, 8.0 out of 2.5 thousand ratings. So a good rating, but then you can see it de- definitely hasn't hit like the big mass market appeal as like Clank has because it only has a couple thousand ratings so far uh, since it came out a couple years ago because it came out in 2018 and a weight of 2.75 out of 5 uh, I don't know I think it's probably about right I th- yeah because it's not an overly complex game no. but there was a lot a more, more to learning it, a few yeah. more mechanics to it and a little bit more learning curve to it compared to like Clank so um Rule book. It comes with two rule books. There's a few different versions of this game out there. Um, it originally came out as a Kickstarter. So if you got the Kickstarter and went all in, it came with, I think, four or five different adventures, sort of like adventure paths, I guess you could say. Um, if you bought it at retail, like I did, you get two adventure paths. You get like Adventure 1 and Adventure 3. Adventure 2 is Kickstarter exclusive. And then 4 and 5 you can buy as expansions. So I, I have the ability to get four and five, you know, to add to my box without a problem. Um, two, I'll probably never be able to get a hold of, but whatever. It's, it's the kind of game I don't really care if I don't have all of the different adventures, you know? So I, it'd be nice. It's nice to be able to buy additional adventures to play through. And then when you're doing the whole thing where you're mixing everything together anyways, um, it won't really matter what adventures you have because you're just taking random monsters and, and stuff to adventure through. So in, in that kind of situation, it almost doesn't care, doesn't matter which ones you have. I don't know if there's a cohesive story between one, two, three, four, and five or not. So I didn't really look into to find out: is it a continuing story or are each one self-contained? I think that'd be rather shitty of them to make like a middle yeah, one. Yeah, make a middle one exclusive. I, I would, yeah, I would be of the opinion. I imagine each one self-contained. Yeah. So the fact that I don't have two, whatever. Um, it, yeah, if, if it was that. It's a continuing story, and you can't get the second one unless you did the Kickstarter. That would be really bad. Yeah. So I'd, I'd hope they didn't do that. <laughs> so let's cross fingers. Ah, whatever. I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, rule books. Uh, they're really nice rule books. Like they're really high quality rule books. Um, they are. You know, the pages are numbered. There's about 22 pages in the main rule book. Uh, fairly well laid out. Again, no such thing as a index. 
there is a campaign log on the back page that you can, you know, if you're really into that, you can keep track of who won their score and, and games. I don't know what games means. Like how many games he played. I don't, I don't know. know anybody that would do that. Yeah, I don't either. That would, that would track his wins and. Well, you know what? There are people like there are people who do that in box tops, right? Uh, That's I, a I, thing. Was, I was I was anyway. referring to you. <laughs> oh, but I meant in the book. I would never do it in the book. Like I, oh, I, I use BGG. No, uh, yeah. Like I, 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 I record all my yeah. I record all my plays and wins in BGG. I but I would I would never read. I would never do it in the book. <laughs> um, on the back of the book is um, uh, iconof- iconog- iconography. 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 Thank you. Jeez, I can't talk today. Iconography reference guide shows you all the different icons and what they mean. Um, there is a little bit of confusion in this game um, with some of the iconography, uh, especially like where they're using some symbols in two different places yeah. to mean two different things, which is really bad. No, what was it? it? Was experience and what? Experience and VP. VP. Yeah. yeah, and um, the treasure card token. Oh, right. Or, yeah, yeah. Not oh, token, yeah. but symbol. Yeah, that's right. Um, as I go through um, the rules, I'll, I'll explain where that's sort of a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. But so they do reuse icons in a few places to mean two different things, and it's a little little confusing at first. Once you figure it out, it's fine. It's just stupid. So, um, but the rest of the the, the layout is nice. Um, there is a bit of hunting and searching for rules as you're going, especially with the way I learn games. Um, but it's not overly hard to find what you're looking for, so it's not too bad. Um, nothing that's really like shattering or you know game shattering or anything like that. Nothing that's going to like bog the game down for too long if you're looking for something in particular. Uh, there's a little FAQ at the back, um, which may or may not be helpful. I guess it depends on your questions if if they're answered there or not. I think there was one question we had that was in there. The rest weren't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Definitely had to go to the internet for one. There was yeah. yeah, I think one thing we had to look up, and and then in here there's also a few ways, different ways to play. So the main way they tell you how to play is is going through the adventures using the uh, the quest book. So the second book you get is a quest book. It tells you how to set up each um, adventure and each quest, uh, what cards to put out, and how to set up the dungeon and everything. Um, but in here there's also a couple other ways. There's the random setup. So for every type of card they have they give you a randomizer version of it so for each monster group there's a random uh, a card uses a randomizer for each treasure and for everything else there's like all these different randomizers so that you can randomize the setup of the game uh then there's the epic thunderstone quest um which was apparently uh, i think he does it say it's a radical variant is a favorite of experience players of classic thunderstone and thunderstone advance so it's like you sort of mix everything together i don't really understand i haven't really read through it so i don't know the full how it how it differs from from the regular random but there's the epic version as well so you can read through that if you're interested in it and and play with it or whatever but yeah no it's a good quality um rule book uh, and it's really well laid out um so that's nice um and again there's the quest book Again, it, all it really does is it takes the um, first... It actually includes the quests um, that you don't have, except for the second one. I think the second one's the only one that's not, that's not listed in here. So they, they do it by chapters. There's chapter 1, chapter 3, chapter 4, and chapter 5. Um, 4 and 5... Or no, actually chapter 4. They don't mention 5 in here, so maybe 5 was uh, an expansion. Or it might be the epilogue. That might be the fifth one. But... Each chapter has about three different um, quests 
and then it tells you how to set the quest up what heroes to use items spells weapons monsters and what guardian and how to lay out your dungeon so if you're following a quest you just open up the book it has a little bit of story text in it uh, for each one so you sort of know why you're there if you're really into the whole story thing um, but otherwise yeah it's, it's an, again really nicely laid out book uh, good quality uh, components uh, there's a game board and the main game board well there's two things there's the main game board which is more of a, a market board that's where you'll go to buy stuff and then on the side you set up the dungeon and the dungeon is a set of um one two three or one and then six there's three levels and then there's the wilderness right yeah six, so there's a wilderness yeah, six board different rooms and then the wilderness yeah, and then the yeah. wilderness yeah um the rooms the standard rooms are square and then they you just you have two per level there's three different levels to the dungeon and above that is the wilderness which is a um, rectangular board and it always sits on top um so that's like the dungeon um and then for the dungeon um there's like all these different cards there's diff three different levels of cards and those will be based on creatures, creature factions. Um, there's a, with the first couple um, adventures that came in the box, there's about probably six or so maybe types of uh, um, monsters for each level of the dungeon. So there could be, you know, I think it's like kobolds, goblins, hobgoblins. There's ancient um, human or humanoids or something. Um there's a, lots of a few different types of uh, monsters and that at the different levels and so when you're setting up you'll have whatever set of monsters off to the side and they populate your levels of the dungeon um the cards are a good quality card um because it was a kickstarter i think they're probably a little bit better than average quality like they're a decent yeah. quality card yeah they were um everybody has a player deck just like a standard deck builder i think this one's might be 12 cards um because yeah, you, there's 12, 12. yeah there's 12 because you start with a hand of six but your hand size will vary depending on wounds you've taken um there's a bunch of wooden uh components like little um things like there's wounds that you can get that will add to your board there's uh, little lanterns for light there's little pieces that look like bread for rations and what was the last one um uh, health book. potion yeah oh yeah there's a potion yeah for what yeah you'd use for um yeah what they're called gear iron rations lantern and potions those are the three types of gear uh those are all little wood pieces the wounds are wood pieces and i think that's about it for wood pieces um there is oh, no there isn't there's more there's the um experience tokens yeah the experience tokens they come in one in um one in ten increments um, that you use throughout the game. Uh, there's also gold, which I think is just cardboard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's cardboard pieces to represent gold. Uh, yeah, there is, because you can have gold. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and that's about it. So there's the cardboard pieces, which are pretty standard cardboard. There's the cards, which are fairly nice cards. And then these little wood pieces. And then there's miniatures. There's about six miniatures, I think it was. It's a four-player game, but they come with six different miniatures. Mm -hmm. Everyone just chooses one to represent their little guild, I guess you could say, or their 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 themselves as they go through the dungeon or on the player board. Um, and they've written they're, they're nice little miniatures. They're they're well crafted. They're nice little. Sure. They're fairly good detail. They're not like I wouldn't say it's like the highest quality plastic or anything. Like, but they're 
it's good enough plastic mid-range quality it's good enough plastic that the detail comes through yeah and then there's no like um design flaws like a lot of fantasy flight when we talked about imperial assault rate at at the beginning how they the plastic kind of skewed off when it dried yeah and had the bends and stuff in it this was a solid miniature it wasn't like Mm -hmm. there wasn't any good defects in it to note yeah so they look good painted they would yeah so that's definitely something if you're into painting you know the six miniatures can be painted but you know and then they have they range they sort of represent different styles of adventurers there's like a magic user style there's an a you know there's a kind of a warrior style there's some little little people like um fairy fairy kind of style maybe maybe. yeah um and roguish kind of too so they have a little bit of a range of the type of adventures you would see in a dungeon even though they don't necessarily fully represent yourself because um as i go through the rules you'll see that your 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 deck is sort of made up of like almost like an adventuring party in a way so you can your decks can be made up of various types of adventurers as it goes as you go through this um uh quest um so yeah that's the different types of components uh, how you play the game is, yeah, you choose a play style. You're either doing one of the quests, you're doing a random setup, or you're doing the epic setup. And then you set up everything uh, as per whatever. So the board itself has a marker on one side, um, which will be a, a number of weapons, spells, and maybe even some different types of treasures that you can buy from the market. And each has their own value and gold that you have to, um, not gold, but... It's uh, I get what do they call them? Do um, they have it on that reference? Yeah, that's what I'm looking for here. I thought it was gold in the top corner. No, you're right. It is gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, a one corner of the cards. So each playing card has different icon- iconography on it. Because I don't remember collecting gold as an icon. Like maybe a we didn't token. collect. It. There may not be gold tokens. I thought yeah, that was, was but... that was clink. Yeah, I, I might be wrong on the gold tokens. Um, it might just be yeah, because as you're adventuring your your hand each time you draw your hand it's going to have various symbols throughout the different cards and yeah there's gold is not an actually an item not not a token you can pick up but gold is represented on some cards so on a card there's different types of cards um your starting cards are going to be you have level zero adventurers i think there's six of those there's lanterns i believe you have two of those yeah two lanterns two daggers and two um thunderstones they're called on the cards, there are different um, things. In the top right corner, if it has a gold symbol, that card is going to be worth so much gold for purchasing in the store in, when you're in the um, in the market. In the top left corner is um, its strength value. If you're when you're fighting monsters, you use this um, for calculating whether or not you can defeat a monster. That strength value can be either a melee value or it could be a magic value depending on type of adventurer it is. Your basic adventurers are just melee. They're level zero melee adventurer, human adventurers. Um, there's a skill right below the, um, the their attack value is a skill value. The skill determines how what they can wield for weapons. So like your standard dagger has a, a threshold of, or has a requirement of two skill so that a basic adventurer can wield a dagger without a problem. Um, some of the more advanced weapons need more skill. So, like, if you bought, like, a hammer, a special magic hammer from the market, it might need, like, a four skill, a four skill to be wielded by somebody. So, a level zero um, adventurer couldn't wield a hammer 
unless they have a Thunderstone card, which sort of gives you a, a temporary boost to your skills so that you can wield something a bit stronger. So that's one way to wield something bigger than the, the Adventurer. As you're playing the game, you're going to get additional Adventurers from the market. Um, and as you do, they usually have more skill points available to them, and they can wield, wield um, better weapons and stuff. Did rations also work? Yes, rations, rations also to... worked as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, so that's another way to boost your skills with rations. Um, on your hero card will also be whether or not it gener- on the bottom left corner is uh, usually a symbol for light. So some adventurers can um, generate light themselves, but other cards as well will generate light. Light is important for when you're going through the dungeon. In the middle of the card is the, um, the symbol for either XP or VP. And it's the same symbol, and that's why it's confusing. Um, when you're defeating a monster, it shows you the VP you'll earn, or the XP you'll earn for defeating that monster. But it's the exact same card um, symbol as like your hero might have on it to show the XP he's worth, or the VP he's worth, at the end of the game. That's why it's so freaking confusing. So, some, like, yeah... Um, hero cards and treasure cards might have a VP, uh, VP value and monsters you defeat will have an XP value. Um, XP, when you defeat a monster, is something you'll collect and then you can spend to upgrade heroes and stuff like that. Um, so that's that, that's one of the big frustrations there is that they're using the same symbology in two different places to represent two different things. In the other corner, um, the bottom right corner, is the value... Um, of a card in gold that if you want to purchase that card from the market or from the guild or whatever you have to have so much total gold that churn from all your different cards to be able to purchase it Um, and then in the middle of the card is usually any effects that the card will have um, whether on gameplay uh, or if it's um, effects that only happen when you're in the village or when you're in the dungeon that kind of thing so that's where the main text is in the middle of the card and then there's a picture of course of um, whatever it may be or whoever it may be. Um, but yeah, that's the layout of a card. So it has all these different little uh, numbers and stuff around it and they'll affect how you play your, your turn. So adventurers, so at the beginning of your turn, you have to decide, are you going to the village or are you going to the dungeon? Um, one card that you start with in the game is called a lantern card. It has the uh, added ability that if you start in the village... You can, after your village turn, if you have a lantern card, then take a dungeon turn. The restriction on the dungeon turn, though, is you can only go into the wilderness and that's it. Um, So if you're doing a village turn, you're basically choosing a space to go to. And there's a few different places where you can go. Um, But regardless of where you go in the the village, you have a, a number of things you can do regardless. You can buy a card. Um, Usually you can at least upgrade one of your heroes. So if you have like a level zero hero and you have some experience built up, you can upgrade it to say a level one hero. And there's usually four different types of heroes that you can upgrade to. Like a level zero can upgrade to one of the particular four heroes. If it's a level one or two hero you already have in your deck, it can only be upgraded to the next level of the same hero um, from the, um, the marketplace. So once you've taken a level zero hero and, and complete, um, committed him to one of the four different roles he's that you're stuck in that role for that hero you can have multiple different types of heroes in your deck but 
each time you commit to one, that one hero is stuck in their little track, if you want, for what it's worth. And there's, um, for the different heroes you can get, there's three different levels. There's the level one, which is the cheapest and easiest to get. Then there's the two, um, there's a well, three or four, I think, level twos maybe. And then there's a couple level threes. So not everyone can necessarily get a level three of a particular hero if they've already, you know, if it's already been picked up by somebody else. But um, yeah, that's, that's the different kind of cards you can buy. Um, there's some tokens you can buy at the top of the, the board. Um, that's what we mentioned before, the iron rations, the, um, the light, the lanterns, and the, uh, the potions. Iron rations give you the ability, there's a couple of different things you can do with them. One is you can spend an iron ration to boost a skill of one of your adventurers so that they can wield something a little bit more powerful than they have um, available to them. Um, the lanterns, each one you discard, produces light so you can move deeper into the dungeon. And the uh, potions are used just for healing wounds. I think that's all they're used for. Yeah. You didn't mention the second thing you can use iron rations for. Yeah, what was that? I was just about to I look that up. I thought you could use it as money. Uh, maybe. Yeah, it gave uh, you one gold. Oh, it's one gold, right. Yeah. So, And they have, they have different values. So when you're buying them, like an iron ration costs you two gold. Um, but then the, you could use it either as plus two skill on a turn, or you can use it as one gold. So if you're using it as gold, it's a really bad trade-off. But sometimes if you're short one gold and you have some bread lying around, it's... You know, you you'll throw it away. Well, just so it's, you can do it's it. yeah. ability to reserve a gold for yeah. a future yeah. turn it, it, at the cost of one the cost now. Of, yeah. But if you're doing that, usually you don't have anything better to buy anyway. That's yeah, right. yeah, that's right. Um, the uh, the lanterns cost you uh, three gold, I believe. Yeah, they call they cost three gold, and the potions cost four gold. And yeah, all they all they're done is, used for is healing a wound. Um, so the different things you do in there in the dungeon every round. Um, in the marketplace or whatever, when you go there is where was it? There, you could go to the bazaar and get. You could buy a card. Yeah, you could buy a card. Ration. Yeah, you could buy a card and a token. Yeah. Not necessarily an iron ration, but well, one yeah. of the tokens. Sorry, yeah. One of the so tokens. you can purchase one card and a token. You can upgrade one of your um, adventurers, or two and... if you want to spend your experience, or two. Well, no, that's no, the if thing. You, if you yeah. go to the, the basic thing, guild, you yeah. Can, it, do two if you just go somewhere else you can do one yeah so the basic is you can upgrade one of your adventurers and then you can heal a wound that's your basic things you can always do in the village um but if you specialize if you take your and you choose one of the spots to go to um if you choose to go to the marketplace you can do a second purchase if you choose to go to the adventurers guild you can do a second upgrade as long as you have the appropriate experience and if you go to the um uh, the legendary, or not whatever, not legendary, but the uh, special adventure um, card thing. What is it? Uh, there's like treasure you can buy as well. Oh yeah, the the arcane wonders arcane shop. Wonders. Yeah, you go to the shop of arcane wonders. You can spend, I think it was, is ten it ten? Gold. Yep. Yeah, there it is. Ten gold to buy a random treasure from a little treasure deck that's there. Oh yeah, here's all the different things. And there's also the temple. Uh, the temple, if you go there, it lets you heal a second wound that turn. But if you go there, you can't do any hero upgrades. Immediately place one or more cards in your hand back on top of your deck. So, oh yeah, the temple will allow you to take a card from your hand and stick it back on top of your deck. So that's a way of load, preloading your deck. Temple? I think um, I used it once, maybe. Yeah, I didn't. And that's you heal an extra wound, but you may not level up heroes this turn. So you can't even do a single level up. So when you go to the temple, you're not doing any kind of level ups. 
Uh, but that's the things. Those are the main things you're doing in there. Market, the bazaar, the bazaars where you can get tokens, um, the guild quarter where you upgrading heroes, the temple, and the shop of arcane wonders. Um, so that's a village turn. If you go, if you decide to take a dungeon turn instead of going to the village, you take your miniature and go into the dungeon. If you're not already there, when you're going into the dungeon, you're always starting at the top, which is the wilderness. You don't have to fight everything in order. So what you do is you choose where do you want to go and see how much light you need to get there. The first level of the dungeon doesn't require any light. The second and third levels require one extra light each. So the second level requires one light and the second and the third level requires two light to get there. For each square you're going through that requires light, you have to have the appropriate light icon either on a card in your hand or... Um, you have to use one of your tokens, one of your light lanterns to get through. As soon as you spent their light, you can get down to that level of the dungeon without a problem. Well, Though you do have to keep track of like any particular cards or rooms that you're passing through that have like a exclamation point on them, meaning that you have to pay attention to what they're doing that might affect your yeah, movement. There might, there might be additional requirements. Yeah, yeah because there's no real it. movement in the game. It's just making sure you have enough light to get to the where you want to be. If you make it to the room or monster you want to be at, even if it's the wilderness or whatever, then you encounter that monster. Um, each monster has a threshold that's required to defeat it. And some monsters will have icons on them, meaning that you'll get different things if you do defeat them. You could take wounds. If, if there's a wound marker on the uh, monster, you'll take a wound, which you'll put onto your player board. Um, if there's experience on the monster, that's experience you're going to get right away um, in, in token form. And then there might be a treasure mark, um, some kind of treasure. It could be sometimes a treasure is as basic as an iron rations or a lantern. Or it could be a treasure chest. And if it is a treasure chest, then you get one of the treasure cards from the Arcane Shop of Wonders. One of the top ones from there added to your hand or deck, or depending on what it is, you'll read it. Sometimes it's a card that might give you experience. There's like these treasure hordes they're called or something like that. Uh, what were they called? Treasure... Treasure cache? Treasure cache, that's it. The treasure cache usually gave you experience. Sometimes it can give you experience in something else. Um, but it's like a you read the card, do what it says, and then discard it. Otherwise, if it's like an item or something, then it goes in your deck. Uh, what was also confusing is all these treasure cards also had that chest token in the bottom corner of it. So you like if you didn't read the rules, you might think, "Well, do I get another card because this also has that symbol?" But nope, no nope. monster has that symbol. It means you get a card, but the card itself will also have that symbol to show it's of that type. So, and I think we ran into the confusion because the first treasure card we drew was a treasure cache. So right. we thought that you got what was in the treasure cache and then another treasure on top of it. Yeah, because it had that. And symbol. then we drew the next thing and it had the symbol again, and we're like, "Okay, oh wait, that doesn't sound right." Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't work. <laughs> So we verified in the rules that, no, it's just a double-use icon again, which is a little confusing. Mm -hmm. Which, well, whatever. Um, but yeah, that, that, so on the dungeon churn, after you fought your monster, then you're pretty much dead. Um, done. Not dead. Well, you might be dead, but you're done. <laughs> well, I think um, one, one thing to point out about some of the monsters that you encounter is mm -hmm. that there is sort of, there's, some of them have a before combat yes. action. And then some of them have an after, after combat, yeah, which so, can really mess things up. Yeah, depending on what you're fighting, you'll you'll read the they'll have text on them, and sometimes, like you said, there could be something that happens before. Like there's a few that said like if you don't have a rogue, then discard 
um, a level one hero or something from your hand so that you won't have it available to you in this fight. There's th things like that. Some destroyed your highest experience hero. Yeah, some could like, destroy take, heroes yeah, they, if they're really tough. There were some pretty take, nasty effects. Mm -hmm. take, take these wounds or kill off one of your adventurers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different effects in some of these monsters. Um, when you're fighting the monster, you also have to take the room into effect because sometimes a room will affect things. So, like, some of these rooms will add, like, plus one power to a, a monster, meaning you need one more to defeat it than you might normally need. Um, but then some rooms will also give you extra treasure after you defeat the monster or extra wounds. Or experience. Um, one of the rooms we had gave yeah. extra experience for defeating things there. Yeah, like, there's one here called... I think I think it's throne room because it's been obscured here, but it gives plus two experience for whatever you defeat in there. But then also rooms will have extra text that you have to keep track of as well. So depending on where you're fighting it, you got to read all the different texts just to make sure you're okay when you're in there. If anything ever causes you to lose light, so if you have enough light to get to a room and fight a monster, if something causes you to lose light before the fight happens, it doesn't affect you. Like it doesn't it doesn't stop you from being able to encounter that fight. Once you're doing that encounter, you're you're there, you're fine. So you don't have to worry about losing light. That doesn't affect you too much. But you might have to worry about losing an adventurer or something, which could mean that you may not be able to finish the fight if you don't have enough skill points or, or weapons or whatever to to carry through that kind of thing. Um. So yeah. So once you're done your turn, either in the village or the dungeon or both, depending on if you have an ability to go between the two, you Figure out your hit points. So if you've taken any damage, um, it'll go onto your board and it'll show you a number. Like So um, everyone starts with like six hit points and there's two spots for six. So you can take one hit point of damage or one wound, one wound and yeah. not affect your hit points. You'll still have six hit points. So you figure out your hit points at the end of the um, round and that's the number of cards you're going to draw for the next round. And there are cards that can affect your hit points even on a temporary basis, meaning that, um, say, it gives you plus one hit point for the next turn, you'll draw one extra card right away. It's sort of like a way to get some extra cards sometimes. Um, there are a lot of other cards that can let you draw cards. It's like a standard deck builder, so you can get a chain of things going sometimes where you're drawing additional cards to use right away and, and hopefully um, give you that extra bonus you might need. But you figure out your hit points for the next turn, draw cards, and then play passes. Um, the way the game ends, in the dungeon, there's these random key cards that get shuffled into each level of monster. There's one in the level 1 monsters, two in the level 2s, and three in the level 3s. Once um, four of those keys come out, have been encountered and, and or brought out of the decks, um, that'll trigger the end of the game. What happens at the end of the game, in the wilderness, is a basic monster that you can always when you go to the wilderness it's usually it's giant rats on the back of the giant rat is going to be some kind of boss um, if you're doing a quest it'll tell you which boss is going to be there um, if you're doing random it might be a random boss but either way you flip over the boss it re reveal the boss and then everybody gets one more churn to try to defeat the boss or do something else if they want if they can't take the boss on everybody will draw six cards from their deck right away um, after whoever triggered the end game's turn is over, everyone draws six cards, discards four cards from their hand, and then in player, you know, remaining player order, everyone can either, like I said, try to take on the boss. If you take on the boss, you're going to get quite a bit of experience out of it if you can, um, because the amount of damage you do to the boss, you're going to get half of that in experience right away, or in victory points, I should say. 
Um, if you say can't take on the boss, you can still take a turn. You're just limited. You, you know, you had the one turn, so maybe you can fight another monster in the dungeon, or maybe you can buy something from the market or whatever. But you had the one last turn to do something. And then once everybody's taken their last turn, the game's over, and you tally your points. And yeah, that's that's how you play Thunderstone Quest. Well, if if, if I missed this and, and you already discussed it, you can just yeah. edit this yeah. out. But uh, how uh, wounds affect hand size limit? Yeah, he just said that. Yeah. Well, at, just at the end? No, whenever. Well, whenever your wounds, whenever you're yeah. refreshing your hand, you refresh it based right. on where your wound level is at. Okay. Yeah, he discussed Edit that out. I did. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. No, that's fine. Because um, <clears throat> it was near the end when I was talking about it. So when I was talking about how taking your turn is at the end where I mentioned hit points and hand size. And... Oh, well, and, and I thought it was confusing the way they did hit points yeah. and wounds. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they should have come, they should have been hand size impacted by hit points not mm-hmm. hit points is your hand size because you're taking if you if you do like role playing games or something if you're taking hit point damage that's what a wound is where this is directly related to hand size there was a little bit of confusion there for the one yeah. card yeah wasn't it, it like on on the the hit point track it's like six six five five four three two yeah something like it that was something like that yeah, so exactly yeah, yeah you take a damage and then you know yeah you're drawing I would expect less cards. my hand size to drop but yeah, well there's two spots you for took six. a wound but you still have six hit yeah. points it's not to punish you is... i guess for taking a single wound i guess yeah maybe um there are characters that can heal wounds and then there's also healing wounds in the dungeon so wounds didn't play as huge amount at least in the our playthrough it didn't the one thing that got was a little confusing is we had a, i think it was there's a treasure or no it was a spell or something Oh, it's a future reading spell or something where oh, yeah. you take a card from your hand, stick it on top of the deck, and then the spell also gave you plus one hit point, um, gives you plus one hit point. And that confused us at first until we figured out that you figure out your hit points at the end of the turn and then draw cards based on your hit points. So if, if you cast this spell and put something on top of your deck for next turn, then you're, you know, you're, you're normally you have like a, a six hand limit. So you'd be drawing that one card plus five others. But because the spell gave you plus one hit point, you're drawing that card plus six others. So you have yeah. seven for the next hand, um, for the next turn, one of which you already knew what it was because you preloaded it kind yeah. of thing. So that was a little confusing at first until we kind of figured out that whole hit points and drawing of cards thing. So it wasn't too bad, though. Once we figured it out, it was, it was fine. It just There was a bit of a jump there. Well, the only thing that confused me about it was when I I put my card on top of the deck and then I had my teammates telling me, or well, my my opponents telling me, how many cards to draw. And I, I, I'm thinking, well, did I miss one? Like I've already, I know that I'm drawing an extra card next turn. I don't know. It just the way uh, you were doing it seemed weird and because you pulled one card. Like what's well, happening? Well, because I thought you, were, I and thought we you guys like... were telling me like a, that I had missed, like drawing oh. a card for this turn. Yeah, it was just a miscommunication. Yeah, so it was, it was I'm like, just well, a, I already know next turn. Just a brain fart mm-hmm. on our on everyone's thing and like it's like we all just had a twitch <laughs> yeah well it's it's one of those things where when we're first like the first playthrough of a game we're, we're yes. typically not hyper competitive yeah. we're helping each other with rules and stuff like yeah that i and know and that was uh, that was and a it big was complaint kinda... i had was, was <laughs> there was a couple of times you're you're you know sort of like prompting randall you know oh you could do this with for these points and i'm like dude <laughs> this is I'm trying to win here. Yeah. Were you? I, I, I really wasn't. Yeah. Um, but those are the two games we played, obviously. Uh, Clank definitely being the lighter. You know, it's a lighter... It's a... Um, 
it's a different experience. Definitely a different experience because it is more of an interactive game where you're moving around on a board. Um, you're not jumping back and forth like in this one and, and Thunderstone Quest, I should say. So that's 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 interesting. Like it, it, I don't know, it's 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 really bizarre because Qu- um, Clank has a lot of different expansions out there, um, and the expansions are essentially just more new boards that you can play on. But they also there are a few that give you some additional rules and stuff you can add into it so there's a lot of expandability with clank in that way if you if you buy these little extra boards but then thunderstone quest also has expansions you can buy as well i think my complaint with both of these games and it was slightly less in thunderstone quest i think if i'm remembering correctly was that for a deck builder game there wasn't enough chaining like Mm -hmm. it it was like a yeah trying to get like a good combo yeah there, there was very little that played off of each other there was the random card where it's like draw two cards or something but it, there was nothing else to the card it did nothing but allow you to draw two draw more cards, cards. Yeah. like it wasn't have an effect or give you money or movement or anything like that so yeah for deck building games they just it fell a little bit there but it was nice with like clank being able to move around the board mm-hmm. and have a representation of a character so to speak while doing a deck builder was kind of interesting yeah i didn't like most of the mechanics but i mean it was interesting <laughs> yeah it was definitely the lighter end yes of a deck builder and that's why you can see you know more people have definitely played it because it's a lot it's a lot easier to, to get, get into yeah to get people who aren't hardcore gamers into it well, there's a couple things i didn't like about either of them one is i'm not a big fan of elimination yes as as mm. as a mechanic because right. Somebody gets eliminated, and then they just sit there watching everybody else play for the rest of the game. That's so, true. And I mean, that's actually, more of a like thing you in Plank, actually. You and Marcus got taken out. Yeah, we went out in the same turn, and yeah. just, like, complete blind luck kind of thing, mm-hmm. because yeah. you don't know who the dragon's going to be hitting, and I yeah. happened to, like, I needed three more wounds, or the next turn I was out of the dungeon, and the dragon, like, I, I was pulling the cubes, yeah. and it took, most of them were mine, and it's yeah. like, oh, well, there I go. And just so happened to Marcus went out at the same time, and then we're sitting there for three, four turns, doing nothing. That's true. And yeah, one person can draw more cubes on their turn. That's it, though. That's yeah. All they and, do. and it's pretty obvious yeah. too that well, this completely eliminates you from contention, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's your incentive to stick around till the end of the game? Yeah, yeah and, and it could it could be a like a, a short period of time until you know everybody else scrambles out. But yeah, you could be sitting there for. 20 minutes kind of thing. Yeah. Especially if Drew's playing because I mean, his AP <laughs> oh, <yeah>. is... <laughs> this is true. Mine wasn't... I don't think no, mine you was pretty the good worst with this time. Uh, it's pretty equal. You, you know it's bad if, if I'm... Like if I prompt Randall. You know, it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> I can't remember when you were prompting me for what. But I, I think, maybe. yeah, I think I did it once. But. Maybe, yeah. But the, the other thing I, I, I didn't like, and, the, and this didn't show up, at least in for me in Clank, but it, it did in um, Thunderstone, was I don't... I don't like when, you know, the, like there's multiple hand. rounds yeah. of useless hands. And we ran Marcus into... ran into that a bunch of times. And, and me, like, I could not seem... Like, you I, I was I getting some good cards into having my deck. that problem. Like, there was probably a good uh, three or four hands where I was paralyzed by not having cards. And yeah. I think yeah. you, ha- you were, like, five or six oh, yeah. or something in and, a row. And it, and it, yeah, and that's the problem, too, is if it's in a row, I yeah. mean, like, the game's just... Yeah. terrible for you then and then i mean that's part of why i was complaining about the chaining there's no way to pull yourself out of that by deck building mm-hmm. because all of the cards it's like okay if i went and leveled up a rogue 
I needed a specific weapon to go with the mm-hmm. rogue and you have this big deck but there's no way to like guarantee that you're pulling yeah. more cards to try and mm-hmm. get but, stuff together right and, and, it just, and especially in thunderstorm there's it, it seemed like the limitation of your hand size was was like just amplified it yeah you know not so much in clank i i, I felt like i you know yeah maybe i didn't get the the best cards this turn but i could still do some things i think with clank my my limitation was the movement um uh, yeah i mean it's definitely harder to yeah it was harder there. to move it, it wasn't so much mm-hmm. that i never had anything to do so much as sometimes my entire round was i'm sitting in this room but that me- meant i could still buy a card from the well or, or you could you could still engage in combat with cards that were yeah, in that tableau exactly. right well that's, and that's but, kind of thing with clank is in your turn you can always well, almost always buy a card yeah because yeah. You, most cards have some kind of purchase thing thing on them so you're you're, you know even if you don't move you can probably buy a card Mm -hmm. if you get some swords you could fight the goblin or whatever to try to increase your resources that way shit turns but there's always but there's always something to do but if like in thunderstone quest if you're in the dungeon and then you pull your hand and it's nothing but stuff where you could buy coins you have a bunch of coins and but hardly any your adventurers are all week and they can't well i think the worst in thunderstone wasn't that you got all of something because you got to decide what you're going to do afterwards it's when you got a mix it's like i have four coins or three combat and i can't do anything with with either either of those yeah because even like the basic rat was like four i think minimum to beat it or something so if you get stuck with three and you're you you choose well i guess you would choose not to go to the dungeon in that that level because you always have the choice at the beginning of your turn. What am I doing? Am I doing village or am I doing dungeon? If I have a crap hand for dungeon, well, I could just go to the village anyways. Hopefully, I could buy one thing out of the village. I don't know. Yeah. It depends on what you get. But, but then, you know, there, there's such a there's so few ways to increase your hand size, right? Like, so if you're if you're fully healthy, mm-hmm. you got all your hit points. You know, okay, so you're drawing six. There's there's uh, I can't remember what the card is called that allows you to add, like put one on top of your deck. The for, future, for next future or something, or something yeah. like but, that. But but even then, I mean, you, I then your hand limit's probably. seven. You know, it it, it just well, and only uh, if you matched that card with an arcane here. spellcaster. Yeah, yeah, or you had to be yeah. a, a cleric it, or an arcane yeah. caster Which, to use it. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, it just happened a couple times for me, but not enough to make it. And there were yeah. things that let you draw cards, like what was it? Um... Uh, the dagger if you defeat if it's well wielded by a level zero adventurer it lets you draw a card yeah but what you're trying to get rid of you know in order to, yeah. get, to well, upgrade your but heroes, at the beginning of the so. beginning of the um yeah. of the game you're all level zero adventurer so it's yeah. easier to draw cards with it um the short sword was impaired if somebody if one with of your adventurers is, is yeah. carrying another bladed weapon i think it was maybe it's any weapon. no it was any other weapon. yeah, yeah. so if, as long as your adventurer had two weapons then you could draw a card so there were ways to chain a little bit of drawing yeah. extra cards yeah, in your round. Yeah, there was less chaining of the drawing of the cards. Yeah. Whereas with Clank, there was definitely more cards. I think. Well, no. It, it, well, there was. I had. Well, I had a few, anyways. But they, like I said, they were they were things where it was just simply draw two cards. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, you draw a card that lets you draw two cards. It wasn't. Uh, if you use this card in this way, draw another card, no, that's which true. I find more useful and yeah. more engaging in a, in a deck building game you yep. want to have stuff work off each other mm-hmm. and make it more powerful and then add cards to yep. it not just okay i got my card that lets me draw two more cards that's an extra card this round right yeah. like it, it doesn't it, it's not exciting no and then no. clank had that 
like built right into your starting hand where they put two shit cards in your hand. Yeah, the stumble worth... cards where yeah, you, you and can I generate don't like that as a if I'm gonna take a negative, it should be for a trade off of yeah. something, right? Because mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. that card did absolutely nothing for you. It was just you made noise. Well, it was supposed to be more for theme. Yeah, right, because the whole thing of it, as you generate the whole, it's called can't plank. Get in the way of fun. I no, like, no. I like the idea of making the noise, which can attract the dragon. I didn't mind that concept, yeah. but I, I didn't like that, that they started didn't do anything else. Two yeah, cards, like two dead cards. that it, yeah. did nothing because you could draw them in the same turn, like the very well, first like turn. I did. You'd, yeah, you'd have five cards, two of which are generating noise, so you have three cards really to do anything with. Yeah, which. Yeah, it is very limiting. And, yeah. I mean, if it gave you something else on top. Like, you could take cards into your hand that generated Clank later on. Mm-hmm. That Usually did something else. Where you, yeah, they, yeah. They, they added that you were getting something positive for making the noise that was a little more powerful. Mm-hmm. Just to start with two negative cards that in this game, there was... We only saw, I think, one card throughout the entire game that let you get rid of another card from your deck. So you're always yeah. stuck with these negative cards. Right, to actually not destroy a card. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I feel at least in Thunderstone, like I think there was that balance was there. Yeah, you could get like, rid my, of stuff. Uh, it was a lot my easier legendary to stuff. weapon. Yeah, you know, was I mean, it was crazy powerful, but it was like every time I had to use it, I was going to take two wounds. Yeah, there was some you know, so there was weird some little cards that. like that, which were interesting though, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, something, not everything was necessarily great. Yeah. Um, one thing I forgot to mention in Thunderstone, at the beginning of the game, everybody chooses a side quest and you get three side quests and you choose one of them. Most of them were like, if you met certain conditions, you'll get points. But there was also some, and I, I got one, I believe yeah, Drew I got one. one. Yeah. And there might have been others out there, but people didn't take them. Where if you met the conditions of it, you would get a legendary, a particular legendary card. Legendary cards are like treasure cards, but they can could be more powerful. Yeah. Not necessarily. Like sometimes they're just kind of strange. <laughs> those ones were more powerful early because you guys got less points than like. Mine, yeah, we didn't get as many points for them as mine was like an eleven point card. Yeah, and all I had to do was keep eight starting cards in my deck which was pretty easy because mm-hmm. yeah. i mean it, it just meant only upgrading four heroes yeah. and keeping everything and keeping else. your daggers and your other stuff yeah so th- that wasn't bad and i got 11 points for it mm-hmm. yeah i didn't get nearly that for my and I, don't think. I mean i threw away the, the two that i discarded one would have given me vampires which were negatives to my points yeah until you got higher up in the mm-hmm. legendary vampire oh uh, okay and then the other one was if I got Festering Wounds and the Adventure didn't give Festering Wounds. There was not a single monster in there that, that gave, gave a us Festering, festering wound. Wounds. Yeah. So Festering Wounds would have been worth two points mm-hmm. instead of negative two points with that card. And if I had taken that one, it would have been, been nothing. nothing. Like, it yeah. would have just been a zero sum for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So some of their victory cards need a little bit of, I don't know more thought put into them, yeah because if you don't know that there's nothing in there that gives festering wounds yeah it's really a gamble yeah yeah, yeah. and if you don't like if you're not having played through the game mm-hmm. entirely to know which decks are going to have that mechanic in it yeah. mm-hmm. you, you're going to what take it as a risk that doesn't really pay off because it's also pretty easy to get rid of the festering wounds from the looks of things with potions and stuff so i don't know we didn't get to see that mechanic so it's possible it was harder Mm-hmm. and also the other card you get so those are side quests and then the other card that everybody get to choose is a guild there's four guilds there's a mage rogue fighter and wizard guild and so you choose one of the guilds to represent you and they would give you some kind of benefit throughout the game based on usually based on that type of character so mm-hmm. if you had one of those 
Uh, All of them seem to be monster destruction too based. Uh, yeah, well, well, I had the we had the both had the cleric. Yeah, guild, I had the cleric one, which gave you extra experience if you defeated a monster and you had a wound or something. I think and the weapon wasn't it? Uh, maybe it might have been. I don't remember I don't exactly. Remember. I found the cleric one had a lot of requirements to get one extra experience. Yeah, one extra the, experience. The fighter guild, was but it just... also lets you heal an extra wound. I think too. I no, think that was the cleric, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, oh, no, yeah, well, the cleric, not the guild. guild. I thought that was the cleric itself. Oh, maybe. That. Oh, I don't remember now. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, you may be right though. Actually, that makes I think the cleric did right. let you heal extra wounds uh, depending on the level of the cleric and but stuff. But not yeah. the guild. The guild was just a bonus experience. I think that was experience. Okay, yeah. you might be right. Yeah, the, the fighter gave an extra experience as long as you had a fighter with a weapon yeah. equipped, which right. was pretty easy. That's what not hard to do. Yeah, uh, the arcane was kind of the same thing. You had to have a wizard with a spell. I think there was one more requirement there. I don't remember. Yeah. But the, so you chose a guild and it gave you a, an ability. Yeah, and the rogue, yeah. you had to actually spend money and have a rogue defeat a monster to mm. get the extra experience, but, which the rogues gave money on their cards, so it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. unreasonable to have yeah. that. But yeah, so the, the guilds were, I, I didn't like the cleric one because of the you needed to get a wound for it to work, where everyone else worked on every single one they came across mm. kind of thing. Right. So. But I did get the trigger mine a few times at least. I don't know. Well, there's yeah, a few a couple, monsters that give. Yeah. Wasn't prominent. But I, I mean, I was getting extra experience for whacking the beginning rat because he didn't mm-hmm. cause wounds. Mm-hmm. You guys weren't getting extra yeah. experience no, that's for true. that, right? Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. It just it's little tiny balancing things that just are a little off in this game. Yeah. Well, and I, like I said, I, I I spent most of my time just cycling through my cards to try to get a hand that was useful. I, I like I, I really wasn't paying attention to a lot of those, you know, those little. You know, how do I maximize mm. this turn? You know, it's just like, yeah, can I, I do anything at all? I didn't nearly have any kind of problems like that. I had, yeah. I could usually do some decent stuff with my turns. Well, I yeah, and I think dead like turns. Marcus wasted three or four turns just buying, buying bread yeah, because buying he couldn't bread. do anything else. So he was saving up to get a yeah. artifact because that's all he could do. Yeah. You know, just the hand he was drawing was such crap that. Well, and, and it, it kind of, like, over the course of the game, it, it, it sort of. Like it, it amplifies itself because if I if I can't get enough cards to defeat a monster that rewards me with treasure, I'm not getting, you know, the the some of the some of the cards that were coming out of treasure are pretty kick ass, you know, or at least you know really improve your hand. Unless I drew them, yeah. but <laughs> I drew one. I but think. if you can't get yeah. those, yeah, you know, then yeah, I'm, I'm stuck with these sucky cards, and you're you're trying to improve your deck so that you know at least something useful is coming out. It's just yeah. If you if you end up kind of tumbling down that rabbit hole of not getting, you know, like I said, like if you get that that widespread of your cards where it's like, okay, well, I've got some combat, some money, uh, but, you know, no sort of preponderance of one, you know, yeah, you're, you're just kind of stuck rotating through your cards until you can try to get a, a, a good mix. I also wanted it to be because, I mean, you're, you're dealing with heroes here, like you're dealing with leveling up heroes and having them to fight monsters i almost wanted the heroes to just be on the table and then your cards would enhance them based off of what you draw right rather than having to draw my fighter with my weapons Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like it just you're randomly resting your heroes didn't make much sense to me i wanted to be able to level up a hero Mm -hmm. but i never had any chance to like level up my fighter because i had to draw him 
at the time where it was worth leveling him up. But when I drew him with his weapons, I had to go fight stuff yeah. because you that to fight was the instead. only opportunity yeah. I had to get yeah. victory points. Or experience. Well, yeah. that's yeah. it too. Experience. You, yeah. you finally get him in your hand and you don't have enough experience to level him. Exactly. So, yeah. so th there's yeah. a lot of... There's just a lot of little details about this game that it just isn't quite a deck builder, but they tried to make it one and it just... I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, I, I, you know, like it's... Getting the right cards in your hand is was an issue, and I, I think in both, right? Like any yes. of these kind of games, it was, but it was, yeah, it was so both. much more amplified in Thunderstone. You know, if if you if you didn't get quite what you're after, it was, you know, just a waste of turn in in Thunderstone. Whereas at least in Clank, you could do stuff. Well, and I, like I, I asked Marcus after you guys had left, what like his impressions were, and he's like, they were both games I wanted to like, <laughs> mm. but just by the end couldn't it, mm. it's like i wanted to like because the theme the idea of leveling up adventurers the idea of like raiding a dragon's horde the, mm -hmm. the idea of going moving your character with a card building game mm -hmm. through an adventure and then coming back alive and somehow winning with your points or whatever was an interesting idea just implemented in yeah, such a it, bad way if if they could with clank just somehow remove the the elimination component of it mm. you know that yes you got you know something bad happens to you negative but you, points but you could like recover that. and and continue playing i i think would be better um but i, I mean I, I guess for me then like that's that's what it came down to is i i I, I prefer Clank over over Thunderstone. I just thought there was there was too well, much fiddliness. We're into the discussion. Or, <laughs> we're into uh, final, well, final, we final might as well just jump in. Might as well. We're at that like, point. Yeah, Thunderstone. So. I, I thought there was there was, you know, like even sort of learning. You know, going through like here's how how this game is played. I just felt like it was, you know, there was too much fiddliness, mm -hmm. too much conditional. You know, like even combat, it's, well, I need this and this and these other things. All these stars have to align in order for me to, to have a, a turn here. And, and then, yeah, not getting the, the cards you need. Um, but, yeah, like at least with Clank, it was, you know, it was sort of, you know. There's always something you can do. Yeah. yeah. Usually. There's usually something you can yeah. do on your turn, even if it's not the optimal thing. Exactly. Just yeah. eliminate that that elimination mechanic and and <laughs> I, I, yeah i think it'd be good but you know at the same time it's i think it's a little bit easier to hit the table with with people that um you know aren't, aren't serious board gamers i think you could get it out there a lot easier than and serious board gamers too there's a lot of people at the game club who, who like it yeah. and it's even i think one of our 10 by 10s we're doing this year like we always yeah. every year we have like a, a set of games we're trying to do a 10 by 10 where we have a game that we play 10 times and if all the games get played, you know, trying to meet a goal for the whole yeah. club to try to meet this 10 by 10. And I think Clank is one of them. And because there's so many versions of Clank, there's even Clank in space. I've never actually played that one. I know there's a lot of people who really prefer it over the original. So well, I don't how know. How do you make noise in space? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I've never actually played that scream. one. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know how the space version differs from the fantasy version. Maybe, maybe they've addressed some of that. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I'll have to maybe I'll have to see if I can ever get a chance to play it and find out. Yeah, because um, I'm not just going to buy it just for the fact that it's in space. Uh, space yeah. is whatever. I, I like some space games, but I don't have to have a version yeah. just because it's a space game. I guess for my preference, that's going to be a little bit tough. Um, because I I do I do like both games. Again, same kind of thing. 
I, I, but I just see Clank hitting the the um the table a lot easier, a lot more often than Thunderstone might. Um, I'd like to be able to play Thunderstone some more, just to to see. I guess I, I did have a, I had a I had good for both of my games. I had good games. Like Clank, I I ended up winning. Um, Thunderstone, I came close. Ashley beat me by a few points, and if I had been able to take on that last monster, I might have won that one. But I had a good, I had a decent game. Like I was, I, I found that most rounds I could do something. I don't had, I don't think I had too many dead rounds. So I didn't run into what Drew had, uh, the problems Drew had with it. Um, but I did like the concept of it. But I, I think I do like Clank's overall dungeon adventuring. That's a little bit more, just because it's a little bit more thematic and. It's just, you know, it's a fun little racing game almost. It's like mm-hmm. a race. You're trying to get in there, grab something, and get out kind of thing before you're killed. The fact that there's elimination does lower it a bit, but it's still one. Because the games are fairly quick, even the, even with that, I think it gives it a bit of an edge. And I think that's, yeah, I have to pick Clank on this one for myself. But I don't have to decide. You guys have determined it's Clank. Yeah. Oh, it's just but you, not you should gonna... still give your opinion. Yeah. Well, I, I seriously don't know. I am yeah. so torn between these two games. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, Thunderstone, I think, is more story-driven, which I like. Mm-hmm. Like, it does have the... Each quest you go through has slightly different no, monsters. No, and I like that, and, too. And yeah. that's decent. And I had the worst card luck in Thunderstone, but I still enjoyed it slightly mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. But Clank was just quicker it, and, well, and that's the thing yeah. thunderstone was a longer game it was yeah. like a few hours we played two and, at least two hours that we played it but there was also a lot of figuring things out yeah it was like we hadn't played it before yeah. i had watched videos but i had to go through the book a lot because there's a more to setting it up and figuring it all out than there is well to and there's a little more yeah. action paralysis when it comes to yeah. thunderstone like just for everybody i think we were our turns were a bit slower mm-hmm. overall but clank had its deck really bugged me in Clank, so that, that it makes it very difficult for me to choose because yeah. the the portion where you're supposed to be building a deck in Clank to do the adventure was just lackluster for me, and I just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So I think I was probably more annoyed with Clank, and I don't know if maybe it's just going that <laughs> way because I didn't get a chance to really be a part of the end because I was mm-hmm. eliminated, or yeah, if it was yeah. because I actually came out ahead in thunderstone somehow but yeah i think for me it would probably thunderstone just because of the story element yeah but that's fair they're both low for me yeah so (laughs) there you go okay there we have it that's this uh matchup and that's clank for this one uh our next topic is just going to be probably a short one um just i thought we would talk about some uh kickstarters that either are going on or recently ended or even still maybe available after the fact because sometimes they do that um that we're that we're interested in um i know ashley was talking about one and i'll let her talk about um the one that she just recently i think it recently ended one well, not too long ago it was yeah. december wasn't it yeah i think it was december but if you go to the kickstarter page you can still late pledge on it yeah so that was divinity. divinity the board game yeah so they took a very popular video game that was made by larian studios and converted it essentially directly to a board game. Right. So most games use a legacy system nowadays that mm. are popular, Gloomhaven, stuff like that, Pandemic, where you play the game once and you kind of can't play it through again. 
you, you destroy cards, whatever. Once you've seen it, you've seen it. This one kind of goes to something they call a chronicle system instead. So it's very kind of choose-your-own-adventure-ish where you can replay it and make different choices and see a different portion of the story and go through like just with different characters and different abilities just to see how the game plays differently. And then you have a one-time code that comes with the game that allows you to submit your choices through a playthrough, whichever okay. one you decide, and it's a one-time use. And then once they have a good number of tallies for that, they take what 80% of the people did, and they do an expansion to continue the story on based off of what at least 80% of the people in the game did. So it has a very interesting... Mm. Yeah, that's pretty unique. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. an interesting yeah. story system that allows you to play through it. It would be a bit frustrating if you're in that 20% where, well, we didn't do that, you know? Like, and then everyone and else then, did something yeah. else and you're and stuck you're to what they did. Yeah, yeah but if you, if you play the entire game through to see the whole story 100%, which should be on average about four playthroughs from what they're saying okay. for just the base game, yeah, uh, it you will still understand where it's going, I guess. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, it it reminds me a bit of um, Pathfinder, the the card game. Okay. So where you have you put out locations, and you visit these locations. Like everyone picks a location they want to go to to explore it, and it might spawn a fight, or you can buy stuff or and stuff like that. But they've made they've improved on that mechanic because they put it on a board, and when a fight starts, everyone gets involved on the board. It's not just at that location you're on your own so it feels like a party game and you're mm -hmm. working together to actually see the adventure so it, it really caught my attention and i was like oh shit i've missed out on this because you know it ended in december and i had been kind of keeping my eye on this i'd heard about it last year in the summer i think it was okay and was trying to remember to keep an eye on but i completely <laughs> forgot about it but they put on their kickstarter after it closed a way to do like basically just a pre-order yeah and you can get it where you get all the a, like stretch goals and everything that for the same price as mm -hmm. when they did the kickstarter that's cool so that was nice of them it looks like it's going to be a decent game who knows if it'll arrive on time because of you know everything that's going on yeah but things have been delayed because of that's a risk with yeah. kickstarter it's an unfortunate risk with yeah. <laughs> kickstarter but no. it's one of those things that uh, it's nice that they allowed people to still pledge after the fact because i mean it was a popular thing people loved the video game that looks like the developers are doing a good enough translation to board game where it's going to be easy to be in like easy to play easy to learn with a good story behind it so i got kind of excited about it mm -hmm. luckily my son reminded Sorry. me that it was you know something that existed because he'd seen something about them doing pax east and showing it off so i was like oh yeah yeah, I'm just looking at a picture. They're showing like the extended edition. There's a few different editions, and not a cheap game. No, nope. but looking at what you get, like, it, there's it, a lot. Yeah, to it. it comes yeah. with it comes with miniatures of the, like the characters from the computer game. Yeah, like the main heroes that you can play through through the story, and then some of their own creations. And you can choose to be like a wizard or a fighter or a rogue type character mm -hmm. based off of how you want to play it. And I mean, some of the stuff that they've put into it is, of course, extravagant like kickstarter things like you can order a uh custom made wood board for 750 dollars yeah. it's just like oh my. Blows my mind. Like, yeah yeah like, that's a crazy yeah that is ridiculous <laughs> their their gemstone dice are like 120 dollars for a set for the game and it's just like wow 
that's I, there's people that are going to do it that i mean if it's their hobby oh, that i mean good for them if they can put that type of money investment into a game and hopefully they get their use out of it but but sometimes so the kickstarter the stuff top. just goes over the top for yeah. me where it's like, like you know, why yeah, yeah. Uh, like when when, it, when you got gugong yes you know and that was like the sort of the limited edition you know it's where it was like that the deluxe that, edition like gold yeah. kind of you know artwork i mean it was beautiful and something like that you know yeah that's that's worth some extra money but yeah, like a seven hundred plus dollar wood board, board is so far <laughs> That's above how and many beyond. Other board games could you buy if you were a board oh, game I mean, yeah. person? Yeah, like they're trying to sell it as this is something for you know the board game aficionado, and it's like, well, that's like well, seven we, more games. Yeah, we, we'd even talked. So another Kickstarter that you Randall were involved in was that uh, the Lazy Gamer. Oh, way back which is, when is yeah. amazing. You know, like it, it's, it was a it's, neat concept. It's, it's yeah. so. Like even the, like the quality of something that you get mm-hmm. off of Kickstarter, it it's so solid and you know good quality and 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 it is so much less than the seven hundred well, dollars. You know, I guess you have to look at the different. He had issues regardless of what his sure. issues were, but you look at the complexity of putting something like okay, the lazy gamer. It's basically a table, like almost like a, a table on a rotating thing. Um, if he was, but it's not maybe as intricate as the board for this game like yeah, because the 750 dollar one there's like all these inlaid things yeah there? and they're like talking inlaid about tiles. inlaying metal and stuff and like there's that's different... all like extra work that yeah. has to be done oh, separately sure. and then I put mean, together even, even their burnt just yeah. simple burnt i think it's burnt cherry yeah board where it's one one wood with the burnt in images that was 150 and yeah. i mean this yeah. isn't a it's not a massive board or anything mm-hmm. and i mean i can see that the board already has some design issues not necessarily the wooden one but it, the wooden one's copying the design issues that the original one has right. so like i'm going into this game knowing it has and it's a small annoyance on my part where the board doesn't allow a place to stick the miniatures unless you stick mm-hmm. it on top yeah. of the cards. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. You, you put your miniatures on top of the card and then you have to lift, lift it them up to get to the card. Get the card yeah. mm-hmm. And then you flip the card over and read it and then you have to put it back under the miniatures. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's like, it, if you just put like a little two inch extension so the miniatures yeah. fit right on that spot. Yeah. yeah. And then you're, you, like, you can put monsters out and then they have to go external to the board. And I mean, this is definitely i have this space so i'm not too worried about this like table wise mm-hmm. but most people on a small table are going to have space issues with mm-hmm. this type of game mm-hmm. and i mean maybe instead of putting production value into a 150 dollar board you make your baseboard a little better like put a little more design time into sure. it that would make me happier i well, mean think think about where that 750 dollars could go yeah exactly you know? <laughs> yeah 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 I mean, it's an external company doing that for them. It's not the no. the company itself that's making the boards. Right, right. But I mean, it's just. It's just I, I think you're right that the uh, like the value of that, like the money that's coming into the Kickstarter that's going towards that, could could go to improving the the like the overall game. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, most of the Kickstarters I've backed before this, I consider this more of a pre-order because the, I mm. don't think I'd ever do another Kickstarter from beginning. Like, I, it's just not mm. for me because mm-hmm. both Kickstarters I've backed in the past have gone way over their uh, projected release. Oh, and sure. And one, one yeah. was a video game and one was a board game. 
and I mean, oh, video games are the worst. I think I have one that's still in production, and that's from like five or so years ago. Yeah, but like they take a long time video games to produce, and I think the people getting into these don't take that into effect or into account when they're doing their projected how long when it's going to be ready by. Like depending on how much you want to put into a video game, there's a lot of development and testing, and yeah. Well, and yeah. where they're building it from, whether they're licensing yeah. an engine, whether they're building their own. From it's the a whole separate up. engine. Yeah, but I mean. That the monster Kickstarter, the expansion mm. that I back, it's going to be a year and a half late for the next step. And <laughs> it's like I kind of paused playing the game because I wanted that, like what was coming was going to improve the game so much. I didn't want to be caught in the middle of a campaign and be like, okay, let's just scrap this one. Mm-hmm. Well, turns out because he's not communicative with the people who backed the project that the delay is so long that I've just wasted three months not playing a game I really love because I'm waiting for something to arrive in a few weeks. And it's like, no, no, it's a year away now. And it's yep. like, well, fuck. I wish I knew that. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. let me know. This is actually pissing people off if yeah. you don't communicate. I'll understand if you're, like, constantly updating people with a short gambler's chest is delayed i want to add this to it to compensate and i'll give details Mm -hmm. later but like dead silence for Mm -hmm. months is just it's frustrating oh yeah and having that happen with two different projects from two different people Mm -hmm. has kind of soured me on the whole experience Mm, right yeah Yeah. knowing who to back on a kickstarter it can be tough especially if it's like a first timer or or if it's a company that has had a spotty reputation in the past like I, I I recently I was looking at uh, Cool Mini or not. They do tons of t- Kickstarter, so they have their their shit in order. Like they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and well, always, essentially though, they you know like those companies are almost using Kickstarter as a pre order system. Oh, they totally are. Than, Absolutely. Rather than we've yeah. got an interesting idea and we want to yeah we want to sort of which is almost wrong. Know. Almost. Uh, I, so it's yeah. it's kept me. It's like that's really the only thing I go back to Kickstarter for. Like yeah, if an established company that is mitigating the risk to the fans though i don't like that concept it, it's mm. it's okay if it's a smaller company that has a reputation of actually providing mm-hmm. but cool mini or not doesn't need your money before they release something <laughs> well, one, of the, one of the things that yeah. that happens with kickstarter though is that all oh, the you know, kickstarter even, exclusive crap well yeah. there, there's which they're exactly right yeah. like so so the you know the zombicide uh you know the, yep. the green horde and this kind of stuff came out unfortunately i i missed it um and and you know Randall got all these like extra you know yeah, exclusives that, and that would be uh, awesome, um, <laughs> you know or or like I said you get that the goo gong with the the you know the super nice artwork the and, blinged out components yeah and, yeah uh, and so that I I don't mind the the part about Kickstarter that I I dislike is is backing something and then it it completely fails oh, yeah. and bye bye money bye bye money know? Yeah. yeah that has and that's happened to me too there's a couple things yeah. where I've backed and I you just. Know, I know I'll never see anything for them. And, you yeah. know, sometimes it's a little bit of money. Like, I think once I backed a book that someone was going to write and then never heard a thing about it. And then another time I backed, um, uh, for whatever reason, I backed these wireless Bluetooth earbuds. Mm-hmm. And that company just went totally silent and gone, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that was a bit pricier. That was a little bit more frustrating. I can kickstart a book, honestly? Sometimes. People put that on there? Holy yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some people have done that. I will and... produce a book in a little bit of time. Uh, well, but, you know what? It depends. depends. Sometimes they've maybe already produced the book and they're looking for funding for publishing. To publishing, the book. yeah. Because there's um, a company um, I've backed a couple of times now 
Um, they tend to do books on various aspects of punk music culture and, and, and various things. And so if I see something come from them, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll look at their stuff because they make interesting little books. And they're like little thin books, but they usually give you in the Kickstarter extra books from their collection. One was like a book about um, collecting vinyl, um, punk, usually in the punk music, whatever. And then the last one was all about um, the history of Russian punk, which was kind of neat. I haven't yeah. read the book yet, but it's a neat concept. And then yeah. I get a few little other little, little books in their collection as well. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But the, realistically, the the ones, the, the Kickstarters I've backed that I've been, I, I guess, most satisfied with have been have been companies that are using it as, as a pre-order system in mm. a way for me to get exclusive content. Yeah, or something, you know, or blinged out content yeah. or whatever, yeah. Um, so. Like, as you're talking about Gugong, uh, one that I'm looking forward to, because, but I don't know much about the game yet. That's why I'm kind of waiting for the Kickstarter to launch. And today, we're recording this. It's uh, March 14th. The Kickstarter releases, I think, starts tomorrow on March 15th. So by the time that you're listening to this, it's probably going to be a couple of days after it's already started. So it'll be a better part of a month for the Kickstarter probably to still run. But Game Brewer, and they're mainly a distributor. I think they're a distributor slash producer of games. They usually work in conjunction with other companies as well as they're producing games. But they were one of the ones that worked on Gugong. They did um, Genties, which is another game I have of theirs. And they also worked on um, Fuji Koro, which I'm waiting to come, but because of the whole um, COVID nineteen COVID nineteen virus, things have been delayed. So I'll eventually see it, but <laughs> hopefully. But they what I really really like about them though is they 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 especially with the Kickstarters, they really tend to produce really nicely looking nice looking games, um, and the quality of the games have usually been pretty good too. Like I can't complain. Like I love Gugong, Genties. Um, I really enjoy as well. It's a, a very different game. And then I don't know about Fuji Curl yet because I don't have it. But, you know, that's just the thing. Their new one that's coming out um, right away is called Paris. Um, so I don't know much about it yet. The game design looks very nice to me. Um, the whole thing, the description on BGG that's currently there says, Explore Paris in the 19th century, discover its renowned architecture, and ob- obtain the most eminent buildings in the right districts to achieve victory. And it, it talks about it being a, a Euro style with an ingenious point salad mechanism um, where you're scoring points by having the right buildings and the right bonus cards, blah, 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 whatever. So it may or may not be a game for me, but I'll have to see when the Kickstarter launches and hopefully they'll have a video and, and show us the rules and stuff like that to, for me to decide for sure. But looking at it, um, just looking at like some of the pictures that are available on BGG, if you guys can see it. Um, eh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a set board that's card-like, or is yeah. it a... Well, no, it looks like it's like a round kind of board to the game. Um, with It looks like it has the... What's that? The Champs de Lausanne? Is that what... No, what's the... Um, what's No, what's that? That that arch in Paris. Um, the Victory Arch? Is it the Victory Arch? I, I don't know what it's called in French, but that's what I always think of it. Maybe, yeah. They're sort of like at the center of the board, and the board sort of spokes out from there. In, in a way... It, a little bit of the design almost reminds me a little bit of um, Aquasphere, just just the initial look of it. it I'm sure it's gonna be totally different from Aquasphere because that's a whole different game about Steffenfeld. But the round board, the kind of the centralized hub and spoke kind of look to it, reminds me a lot of Aquasphere. 
It might just be the Arc de Triomphe. Like it, Arc I think the it, Triumph? Yeah, yeah, it might just be something as simple as that. It might be. I, I don't remember. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so just the so far, just from a few pictures of it, it looks really neat. And so I'm really, and because I really like the production value on, on Game Brewer games, that when the Kickstarter hits, I'm going to take a hard look at it because I, I'm really curious. I want to see, you know, and, and like the little tiles that they have for their buildings and stuff are very nicely designed like they're very attractive simple art simple art yeah attractive simple art like yeah it, it's not overproduced it's just a nice card yeah so yeah that's definitely one i'm going to be looking at and i'm hope to learn more about it tomorrow when it when it actually launches i think um, the other one that a few people have been waiting for is frost haven frost haven should be launching and, launching right away and if you're a big Gloomhaven fan then you know it might be one to consider i i might i'll have to look at it as well whether well, or not it's one of those ones where if he steps it up mm-hmm. and improves on the little things about Gloomhaven that build mm-hmm. up over the time of playing it that begin to really irritate mm-hmm. that i mean could be good could be good but well, if, and we've certainly got our if he well, includes we've got randall's money's worth yeah out we've of it. got randall's well, money's worth definitely out of it. got money's worth yeah. out of it, the 56 or so plays that we've made oh of it God. but yeah. i mean if he includes another class that you unlock that has no cards or any miniature or anything for in it i'm sure that'll just piss people off because mm. it's like I, I you don't buy a game with oh and here's something secret that you can print off at home for if you figure it out yeah mm. like that's just bullshit yeah. <laughs> like get your act together put yeah, it, put yeah. a special secret envelope at the bottom of the box with it yeah people might find it but that's their spoiler if they want to do it there's people yeah. that want to see everything just let them do it don't mm-hmm. don't be a jerk about it <laughs> yeah no for sure absolutely or give away maybe that if you unlock it that you could order it or something yeah some yeah. some availability yeah and class balance. He really needs to work on class Yeah, balance. yeah. There are definitely yeah. classes that almost are useless and then classes that are gods. But and... considering that's held first place on BGG for, for a long, a long time, time yeah. I, I can see that one exploding on Kickstarter. It's like going it'll, it'll, yeah, sure. so. to. It'll, it'll succeed. It's yeah. a matter of how much And I think it's a matter of, I think each time he does it, he improves it. So like the original Gloom, because I got like the second edition. And I think there were things that were improved in the second edition from the first. Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly what, but I know that he does change it and in, I think improves it. So hopefully this, yeah. as he goes, he's learning more well, and, and more. That's, and... that's all you can ask. Yeah. Is that he, he irons out some of the issues and mm-hmm. balance tests these classes so that there's not this overwhelming sense of, I'm just the useless person in this party yeah, because I'm currently playing this character that's pointless. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if your only goal is to retire the character you currently have, like you're just like, <laughs> I, I just gotta get this thing gone yeah that's not good that's not good <laughs> yeah absolutely and as some of them it's completely dependent on who else you have in the yeah. party to yeah. be effective and without it it's like well this is the weakest class and then you combine it with another class and it's like suddenly it's one of the stronger classes but you should never have to rely on a class combination in a game where you unlock yeah. classes because mm-hmm. the elementalist might not ever see the spell weaver or something i'm just throwing names out there yeah. i don't know if they actually combine but you know it's like if they never see each other you'll never know and you'll just discard the classes well i'm never playing that one mm-hmm. again yeah, yeah so it needs some improvement and hopefully like he'll release enough information with frost haven when the kickstarter starts if it even has started already i don't know i don't think it has um i'll see if there's any kind of indication on bgg for it 
I do know it's coming. It's coming. Soon. I know. It's, I wasn't yeah. sure when because, I, like I said, there's uh, Scott, and I figured you would be looking for mm-hmm. that to start. And well, and I'll definitely hear when it starts because I get emails from yeah. him on stuff, or you know, and because I backed Gloomhaven. Typically, whenever you back something from a company, they if they have something days. new coming up, they'll hey, guess what? It's coming. It's yeah. going to be out soon. Um, but I just don't know if there's been any kind of actual date given as to when it might start. Um, and I'm sure a lot of it also comes down to how prepared he is for it. Like maybe he's waiting till he gets to a certain point in production or in design before he says, okay. So, yeah. Cause that, that is one thing that Kickstarters could definitely benefit from is having your production kind of ready to go yeah. rather than it's like not started to see if the thing actually gets you know off the ground but to a point where as soon as it succeeds you can go okay run it mm-hmm. like because the cues aren't it's as soon as you say run it it's not going to produce tomorrow you're still going to have that wait time for the miniature factory yeah, or yeah all the all the production places to actually have the slot for you to have your stuff printed yeah and made. well and even that i mean you, you're likely not going to be shelling out for artwork until yeah you've got you know so so i mean just a little better guarantee about time frames would be it it would probably get a lot more from me for because i mean something well, will come up and it'll yeah. be like well yeah but yeah. well that's what like i said I, I i you know i i like using kickstarter as a pre-order system because generally the companies that are, are doing that you know they have the backing they already have the connections to mm-hmm. production facilities so you know yeah when, once you you know they they you know announce the kickstarter a lot has already been figured out and planned for yeah um, but they have the resources to do that yeah they already have like their 3d printed miniature yeah. prototypes ready to go supply chains are already, already in place. place yeah yeah so yeah i mean it's i i think there's those those gems out there that you know independence it's, it's, yeah if you wait it, it might come and and uh, they'll figure it all out and it'll be amazing it's generally going to be a lot longer wait mm-hmm. but and it might you know, have but it's a risk. people on it and then you don't ever see that company produce anything again because mm-hmm. they yep. need to get their shit together before mm-hmm. they actually yeah put it out there that oh we have this thing we want you to be interested in right because if you're a startup company that needs to use Kickstarter, you you better present it in a way that allows yeah. people to get hooked yeah. and stay with you as a company so that you impress them so they want your next one to come mm-hmm. out. Not just, well, yeah, they took two years to get out something that they promised in eight months. So yeah. I'll just wait for this one to be released to buy. Mm-hmm. And then it never gets released because... It didn't do it well didn't enough. It didn't do well enough. Yeah. So, so sometimes you're getting a Kickstarter game and it might be the only time it's ever been produced exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. And sometimes that works out for you. Sometimes you get a decent game out of it, and you know maybe it doesn't get the support you'd like it to have, but it might you know you still have a game. But and, and I mean, yeah. some of them save you a ton of money, so you can't yes. go wrong there. Yeah, I mean, Monster, it, the oh, people who yeah. backed it originally, they paid probably a third of the price that latecomers mm-hmm. had to pay because they were using third market uh, selling to get their game because it was constantly sold out on the producer's website yeah. so i mean the kickstarter and those situations where you know it's a hot game is going to allow you to actually get it 
in your hands when everyone else is rather than trying to scramble and find it after the fact yeah well and that's like with cool mini or not like you know like every time they do a kickstarter it's in the millions of dollars um sometimes though they do, they do have sometimes duds and it's maybe just because the particular style of the game isn't for everyone like the only one i can think of where i was hoping to pick stuff up after the fact was like um masmora um, you know, it's a, a nice little game, but it was also had compatibility with the characters with Arcadia Quest, which is kind of cool. But they had a few things that you could get during the campaign that weren't Kickstarter exclusive. So I figured, okay, if I don't Wait get these, after. it's going to hit retail because usually their stuff hits retail. This game, no, like this stuff, nothing hit retail, and so I could never get those again. It's like, ah, well, there's, there's my my <laughs> issue with the Zombicide stuff. Well, and, most and of the, a lot of people, except for the exclusive stuff, the yeah. Zombicide hits retail. Yeah, the, it's pretty like much the great guaranteed. Majority. Yeah, Zombicide but, and Arcadia Quest will hit retail, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and if uh, you know that like a game is going to be popular, which a lot of cool mini or not Zombicide in particular, yeah. they've usually had great success with releasing them. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have taken to ordering two copies just so, they, so can they can resell resell them aftermarket yeah, at aftermarket high price. The Kickstarter stuff. Well, and it's exactly. Back. Yeah. <sighs> It's tough because, you know, you go to Cool Mini or Not's, you know, forums and people would just love for them to, you know, like, it, it's, I, I think it's, yeah, you, you want to reward the, the people that are, that are backing you. It should and, never mm-hmm. be exclusivity. No, well, there should be like I, a moratorium mind... or something on exclusivity. Yeah. yeah. You know, where, okay, like, we guarantee this is up for a year. Yeah. It yeah. will not be available, but then we're going to release it. Yeah. But on the other hand, some of this stuff, I could see them not releasing it because usually they're infringing on some IP. Or copying yeah, yeah. some IP, right? Like where they're taking yeah, the Stranger the Things kids and turning yeah, them into yeah. characters, and yeah. yeah, where they get permission for a solid one run, and then if they even get permission at yeah, all, yeah. because it's a Kickstarter exclusive, and they're not selling it retail. I think they can skirt that, yeah. right? It's possible, yeah, yeah. But the last one that they did, um, I like. I'll, I'll tip it if I'm interested in one of their games, but I don't. I'm not sure I want to commit the money. I will usually like back it at a dollar, yeah. Because that gets me to for them. They do the pledge manager, and as long as the pledge manager is open, I can go in yeah, and still always, get the game yeah, and everything. Yeah. If I decide yes, I want to do it, I'll you know I'll lose access to that if it gets to a certain point in time. But as long as I've done that, at least I have that choice. Um, for a little bit after the campaign, which is a cool thing that they can that they do, and other um, campaigners, like especially the regulars, will do that as well. As long as you have access to their pledge manager, you can still have a chance to get the game. Yeah, yeah, which is nice, which is kind of cool. Yeah, Tiny Epic does that with all their stuff. Yeah, Tiny it's, Epic does yeah. it, and then you can usually the only thing I don't get from Tiny Epic are their mats because they're kind of pricey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're kind of pricey for what you get. Like they're nice. And they could really, I see, for some of their games, make it better for organizing the game in the center of the table mm-hmm. and making it so that they're easy to pick up all the cards, that kind of thing. Yeah. But for $30 US for a mat yeah. for their games, it's like, no, that's too yeah, much. Yeah, you don't it's need their, much. Yeah, their mats a, it's for that. Yeah, it's a pretty simple game for yeah. that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. It, yeah. Then the 750 board, it's not quite the same, but it's also no. not needed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not needed. not needed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It doesn't add that much to the game that you have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I was going to mention on Kickstarter, it's not board game related, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Um, there's a, a comedy troupe um, or, or company or whatever you want to call them out of New Zealand. They're called Viva La Dirt League. Um if you go onto YouTube and look look them up, they do a lot of these little short videos for... Um, there's some that are totally um, um, sort of making fun. Not making fun, but um, 
stressing some of the peculiar peculiarities of stuff like video um, RPG video games where you have to do all these little quests for stuff and they have all these NPCs and, and the big one that they do on their channel is Epic NPC Man and who follows the the life of this one particular NPC who everything sort of happens around him. Um, they have a Kickstarter right now for a little mini movie that they're doing called Balin's Quest. And Balin in that little world is the fisherman who tends to walk through scenes with a fishing rod and seems like a totally in innocuous character, but they're making a little movie around him, which I know is going to be funny. Um, so I just wanted to mention it because I, I, I recently isn't just for board games. It's not just for board <laughs> games, and if they're you know they they've met their funding goal, and I think the Kickstarter the Kickstarter is still running right now. I don't know how much longer it has to go. Well, and there's different levels for basically what you're going to get, but just to get access to the videos is I can't remember what what how much it is, but um, if if you like them or that's kind of your kind of your thing, you go check them out on YouTube, and that's kind of your thing. You know, give them some support. They seem like pretty pretty good guys, so. I don't mind supporting that kind of thing. Sort of, I go so I, I kind of liken them to dead the dead gentlemen um, who do stuff like the guild. Oh, not the guild. The gamers. That's what I meant. Um, there's a few movies that I have called the gamers, which are again talking sort of like they were so funny. They were so funny. Like yeah. sort of like um, taking RPGs to like mixing it with real life and and the fantasy part of it and. The dead gentlemen typically go to Kickstarter as well to produce different videos and different series. And so I sort of, these Viva La Dirt League guys, I, I sort of see along their kind of lines, just in a little bit different, little bit genre or whatever. But um, they seem, yeah, uh, for me, it's something I'm interested in. So I thought I'd pass that along. Uh, Drew, did you have anything? Did I, you? Well, okay. the only thing I'm, I'm currently waiting for is my tiny epic dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that, I don't even know if the pledge manager is still open, but I mean. That one I'm not sure. But. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. I backed that one as well. Uh, yeah, I I think I've I've really only deferred or what I declined one of their their games, and it was just the um, what was it called the Tiny Epic Tactics. Oh, Tactics was the only one that yeah. I I don't have of theirs. Love their stuff, and that's when I did back. Um, hard, I haven't played it yet though, so I don't know where it falls yeah. and and you know on there because they have they have varying levels of games, which yeah. You know some some duds and some great ones, yeah. so it's all over the place with them. But that's fine. I don't mind. At least their games aren't overly expensive, because even you know yeah, it's a what like usually thirty five dollars per exactly. Per They're like twenty five to thirty five dollar game, yeah. even with the deluxified, which is usually yeah. maybe just a little bit nicer components or not barely, but whatever. So yeah, if there's if there's a dud, oh well, exactly. You know, it's not like I'm out so much money that it's not a, a $250. It's <laughs> not a huge risk. Yeah. 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 So I don't mind backing their stuff even, you know, but otherwise I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I guess I, I probably do have time to troll through, uh, <laughs> but, but I, I generally don't like, you know, the, the few times that I've, I've tried that to like really commit, you know, I'm, for a couple of weeks, I'm just going to go on there every day and see what gets, you know, what new stuff shows up. Because, like, I, I totally missed the ball on on the Zombicide, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely would have backed that kind of if I'd been aware of it. And I just wasn't checking regularly at that time. And, you know, I just find, like, yeah, you could spend hours and hours and hours and weeks, you know, looking and not, you know, finding anything that you're really interested in or that you want to back. 
and so it it'll be sure enough the next week after you stop <laughs> hyper like hyper focusing on it, out, yeah. something brilliant shows up, and I I don't know how to combat that. <laughs> Rand, Randall doesn't want to take on the responsibility of informing me every time something cool happens. <laughs> hey, there's a Kickstarter Drew. He's, so, he's so lazy that way. <laughs> He'll tell me after that. Say, hey, check out this awesome, cool thing I got. And <laughs> hey, look like, what oh, I what? yeah. What's that? <laughs> so, but, yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I don't know what to do with that. It's difficult, but... Like, you know is... what they almost need is is like RS feeds for specific categories. I, I don't know. Like you can, yeah, yeah. Because they do send out filter. their email that says what's happening, but then it's so generic. Yeah. Like it's not. It's never tailored to what you're interested in. Yeah. It's like just, if, this if is if what I they could, say. Hey, this is what's happening right if, now. If I could create a filter. Yeah. And then get an RS RSS feed or or something that would right? be or, or an would email be, or whatever. You yeah, know, if you could say, uh, I just thought of an. Uh, I'm going to Kickstarter this thing. <laughs> If you can figure out how to make it work, great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if you could say, I yeah. just let me know the board games that are being kickstarted. Yeah, you know, they don't rely. BGG has a thing too. If you sign up to some of their newsletters, they'll mm-hmm. send you emails and they'll usually talk about different board games that are being done. Yeah. But I don't think they catch everything either. No. Um, so it's yeah. If you could go to a Kickstarter, say send me emails for any in the board game category. Yeah, like a, well, a summary of once or a even, week. Even you know, more granular filters. Yeah. Like, yeah, certainly cat, like their primary category of, you know, games or, you know, whatever, but it would be, it would be nice to, this is available and we just don't know. (laughs) Oh, well, well, that's quite possible. (laughs) If it exists, write in and tell us. Tell us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as I know, it's not there, but it would be great if you could, you know, establish like a, a, a real, like even some complex filtering. Yeah. Like, is it, if, if that's, if that's my thing and I only want, you know, companies that, you know, let's say are, are already established and just using They've it as... had successful Kickstarters sure. in the past. Something like something that. Something like that. Just yeah, a filter that lets you know that they've, like, so you can see ratings almost, but they don't even do that. Like, where a company, to mm-hmm. know it's reliable because of previous Kickstarters. Sure. Like, oh, well, these people are eight months late with theirs. Yep. So give it a lower rating. Let people know so that they know the risk when they're getting involved. Yeah. Seems to make sense to me. Yeah, that might take too much. Um... Oh, Kickstarter makes enough money. Oh, oh no, not about money. Yeah. I meant like, who? I don't know what kind of staffing levels kicks they have, so I don't know. Buy some, buy some staffing. <laughs> yeah, the, the, they can afford it. Yeah, the amount they of money they're it. they're well, outsourcing off it, the top for this is just yeah. phenomenal. Like they're making a killing financing stuff. I mean, for crying out loud, True. Board Game Geek's been around forever, and and the advanced the advanced search that they have. It's pretty good. It's really good. And they rely on donations. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally. Mean, yeah. It can be. Stop being lazy, Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, now that I've decided I want this, you yeah. stop being lazy and give it to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that would be a good place to stop it, though. We talked about Kickstarter and some of the ones that we're interested in or what have coming or whatnot. So... Uh, hopefully, then maybe there'll be something you're interested in by the time this comes out. Like we mentioned, Divinity's already been closed, but there's still late pledges on that one, or pledges on that one. Yeah, I think um, you can late pledge there till June. Is it June on that I one? I think. Yeah. Um, the Paris one's starting right away, so by the time you hear this, it'll be, well, unless this is an old episode you're listening to, if it's fairly recent, then you should still be able to get on, in on that one if you're interested in but um, yeah, definitely check it out or let us know of any that you think we might like based on our episodes and things you've heard us say that we've liked and disliked. If you know of any board games out there that we might be interested in, let us know. We'd like to hear about it. Hey, Randall, should people follow us? Why not? <laughs> yes, they should. 
Um, they can find us on Facebook. You can find us on BoardNowGaming.com, our website. You can find us on Reddit. And we have a guild on BoardGameGeek. So if you go on there or if you go to our website, we have a link to it. You can find us on our guild. You can reach out to us that way. You can send us email through the website or whatever. But, you know, feel free to, uh, to, to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can subscribe to us on various ways if you're not already doing it via iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, or Google Play. And, um, yeah, until next time, thanks for listening and keep on gaming. Good night. Board now.
Yeah.